Hey, Flipside, Charlie here. We're at uh, Super Monster Movie Fest 2019, and I've got Curtis with me. Yep, and we're, we're kind of waiting on Harrison. Yeah, yeah, the turnouts. It's still really daylight good. out too. Let's see, it's seven o'clock, and I would say we're almost at max capacity, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> there's a lot in the back row, but. It's getting there. Like it's, it's starting to get close. If you're wanting a seat up front, you're gonna have a hard time now. Yeah. As far as like good seating, I'd say that's. There's a few good seats left, but it's almost done. Yeah. And we still got. A, what time is it? It's seven. Seven. So we still got two hours before the movies will probably start. Close to two hours. Yeah. So. What usually happens is people show up like really late. Yeah. Right before, because they want to show up right before the movie starts. I don't know why that is. That's yeah, like the worst like, idea ever. Yeah, they don't like waiting around or hanging out. They just kind of like start the movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I half the experience is this, you know, hanging yeah. out, talking to everybody. The pre-show. Yeah. So our goal with this episode is just kind of do a live episode. Hopefully, we'll get some uh, guests to be. Yeah. On the show with us. Uh, we've got a mic set up for them. I don't know if they're going to like that chair or not, but. And yeah, I'm not there's, sure. a, there's some vendors here. And oh, yeah, Tim Cox is here. Dr. Ghoul? Uh, Cosmic Wave? I don't know if I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah Dr. Ghoul. What's he doing? Uh, what? He's just a YouTube, he's a YouTuber. Looks like he does cooking videos, but he's kind of a. Uh, He's kind of a um, horror host type a, thing too. A, a horror host cooking guy, yeah. And all of his recipes are like horror movie related, I guess. Kind of, yeah. Um, he did the monster nachos or whatever for this show. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I think I watched that video. But uh, hopefully, at some point too, we're going to uh, review. The new uh, Duke Mitchell collection that just came out from Grindhouse. Uh, it actually came out last Friday. And then um, we want to review The Man Who Killed Hitler and then Bigfoot. Yep. At some point tonight. Joe's moving some table here. Um. So what's all showing tonight? Do you remember? Um, Frankenstein. It starts with Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Okay. After that, well, first you got Sammy Terry. Then you got Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Then you got, I think Sammy Terry does his last show. And then it's, um, I want to say Frankenstein. Must be destroyed. Must be destroyed, I think. Uh, as far as the rest of the night, I'm not too sure. I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, and we are live, folks, so uh, it's going to sound weird. Yeah. For sure. Hey, now people can really get the... Are you putting another at the table there? I don't understand all, why all the chairs are set up right there. Are we able to use some of those chairs? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, we'll set up that chair because that's going to be better. Here, I'm going to go do that real quick. Okay. Uh, we're just adjusting some stuff here. But yeah, all the regulars are here. Let's see. Just just from looking around, we got Joe Hedge, Joe Godden. We got uh, Don. 
We'll definitely try to get Don on the show. Um, I don't see Steven or Harrison. I see Brandon Yates. He was around here somewhere. Tim Cox, he's got his table set up. Uh, Tim Cox uh, owns a comic shop. He's got loads of good stuff. He always sells uh, action figures, comics. Uh, I bought a poster from him one time. Uh, Godzilla figures. It's pretty cool. He's usually got pretty good prices too. He'll give you hook you up with a deal. But it looks like Curtis is making some rounds, so I'll wait until he gets back here. So, uh, have you had uh, Starry's Lemonade yet? No. Dude. Oh, do you like pink lemonade? Oh, yeah. It's good. I think. Is it it's, it's strawberry lemonade? Uh, I think it. I think pink lemonade is cranberry. Okay. I think. I didn't really know. But uh, it looks good last time though. Dude, her Starry and uh, Steve, the guy with the long her black hair. Yeah, they're awesome. I mean, they're like. I I told Joe I was like, you got lucky getting those two. Yeah. Like they care so much about the driving. It's good to have them. Some sometimes the kids are kind of like, ah, hey, whatever. But these these two feet. are like, yeah. And they're coming up with all these cool recipes. But uh, this this is the mic that they're using to record. Uh, uh, what is it? Dennis and Henry's post-divorce checklist. Oh, it is. <laughs> this is what I it's use. It's fuzzy. The, yeah. yeah. How's that? How's that going? It's guys... hilarious, dude. I gotta tell you about this one part. I don't know if I could talk about it on the show though. I don't know how that works. I don't know if Brian Wilson will get mad. Oh, Katie's here. You know, she was in the movie too. Yeah, she was some kind of bartender or bar person. Lady in the bar. Hot. I think her role was called Hot Girl in the Bar. Yeah. Brain yeah. Brand. One one cool guest we're definitely gonna get. We gotta get Don. Yeah, we gotta get Don. But one cool guest we got. It's gonna get be hard to get Don because he doesn't like stuff like this. One cool guest we're gonna get is uh, Jake O'Brien, the uh, director of uh, Astro Zombies. We'll test his levels here, make sure he sounds good. Yeah, go ahead and talk into that. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. That one, two. Good. Sounds good? Yeah. Let me check one thing here. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, so we got Jake O'Brien came all the way to from uh, Michigan, my old stopping grounds, uh, mostly for Reanimator, right? Yes, yeah, Reanimator is one of the best films ever made. Couldn't miss seeing it uh, on the big screen at a drive-in, no less. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. And are you a Stuart Gordon fan? Yeah, all the way through. Yeah, um, I've I've only seen uh, From Beyond, uh, other than reanimator um but I, I am a fan of bride of reanimator as well um okay so, i'll give uh, you i'll give you two movies you gotta check out as yeah. soon as you get home uh castle freak okay it's a full moon movie and then uh pit in the pendulum now there's like oh, a million pit the pendulum are you talking about the vincent price pit in the pendulum no that, i was just about to get to that there's like okay there's like four <laughs> Pit in the Pendulum films. One one's actually directed by David Dakota, and it's 
It looks more like a softcore, like, gay porn than anything. <laughs> what would you expect? But, uh, yeah, pitting the pendulum, when you, I, I don't know what year it is. I want to say, like, 91, maybe. But yeah. uh, <coughs> it's got uh, Jeffrey Comb in it, and it's got, uh, oh, shit, what's his name? The guy that played in Aliens, he played uh, Bishop. Played who? Bishop. No idea. Okay. He's in it. But, uh, anyways, I was getting to, uh, Jake directed a movie called Astro Zombies. Uh, it's not the Astro Zombies you're probably thinking of. It's, what, what, 2019? Was that yeah, when it's completed? Yeah, last, it, it came out, uh, like late last year, and it was, uh, it was around the festival circuit, mostly in Michigan. Um, I didn't, you know, take it outside of the state, um, but that finished up uh, this like this past summer, uh, and then I just got done shooting my next film. So, um, moving forward relatively quickly. What's your next it. film you got? Uh, it's a, the, the greatest song never played. It's sort of a mouthful, but um, it's it's like a horror comedy musical kind of kind of deal. It's like a folk uh, folk nightmare kind of musical. Sounds like something Nick Cave would do, or something like that. Yeah, it's 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 bizarre. It's it's very uh, in, it's very inspired by uh, like Coen Brothers, um, you know uh, that type of very dry humor. But also, you know, I I've, I love Inside Lewin Davis, which I think is a lesser known Coen Brothers movie that, or at least lesser praised Coen Brothers film as of late. Um, but uh, I don't know. It, it's essentially like if. Jason from Friday the 13th Part 2 with, like, the bag, the bag Jason. We call him Tater Sack Jason. Yeah, yeah. If, if he were basically to, like, shack up alone and, like, become a musician and then the teenagers, like, broke in and assaulted him, like, that's basically what the movie is. Damn. Uh, that's and the best way short, I could describe it. it's a short it. still, right? Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. And Ryan O'Gwen's in it. Yes, he's... Which, he, is, so, which is awesome. Yeah, he plays like a an overtly metrosexual villain. <laughs> That's a perfect role. Yes, yeah, and he he kills it. Yeah, great. Yeah, great in it. Yeah, did you check out Ryan's series of uh, movies he made? Uh, yes, about, yes. Uh, Actually, yeah. the, one, the first time that we met, uh, I had him send me a link to his most recent stuff and. Uh, I think that the one of the coolest things Ryan has said to me is that Skull and Knife, the title, came to him in a dream. And that's that's amazing. Yeah, and when he burns himself with a cigarette, he actually burned himself. Every yeah. time I see him, I have him show me that scar. <laughs> he actually burned himself with a cigarette <laughs> for the film. He's a big believer in uh, pain being a necessary part of filmmaking. He's a legend, yeah. So, but... uh. Yeah, I think uh, when I when I first met Ryan, probably like 2010, uh, he wanted me to. I I came to him. I really didn't talk to him or anything at, at at class until I saw his first movie. Yeah. And it was so low budget and like it it had this ambition yet it was like the cheapest looking movie that played. Yeah. And uh, I was like, man, I gotta talk to this guy. Because everybody else in everybody else in class was really pretentious, and and this guy was just like making the kind of stuff I like. So I started talking to him, 
And when he worked on his second film, he, he wanted me to be the uh, cinematographer, so he sat me down and uh, we watched um, Last House on Dead End Street, and mm-hmm. we watched yeah. all these movies. Well, yeah, he, he definitely likes the uh, the underground stuff. I uh, uh, The first time we met, we, we saw Lars von Trier's The House That Jack Built in uh, yeah. the uncut, the one-night screening. Yeah. Great. Uh, that was awesome. Uh, it's probably one of my, my favorite films of, the, of last year. That's cool. So another thing we want to talk on the show, Curtis, I don't know if you saw it. Did you see that new Dolomite commercial? The what? The Dolomite trailer. No. Are they remaking it? <clears throat> or there, It looks like it's going to be a movie about Dolomite, Rudy Ray Moore, and uh, Eddie Murphy's playing. Yeah. Wow, Rudy Ray Moore. That's actually yeah, pretty it's cool. On Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah, is it? It's out. Huh? Is it out? I, I don't oh, think so. No. Uh, trailer. Trailer debuted. Uh, oh, is there some backlash here. towards it? I, I don't know. I didn't follow it uh, very precisely. I, uh, seems like a lot of people I've talked to love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. You mean I, did it like did it offend people? Probably. Yeah. If it's good, it will. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, that's that's one of those things that it's always uh, the laws of the film universe. You know, if it, if it's good, it'll it'll end up that way. Yeah, Matt here is uh, he's a cool guy. He owns a lot of uh, well, he's into the pinball stuff. What's up? Hey, not too much. How's the house treating you? How's that house treating you? Good, not too bad. Dude, you got the nicest house, man. I know. Well, you, I could come by anytime because I'm right. I'm right there. Yeah, you're north, north, north on nine, north of Greenfield, right? We got Matt on here talking about his house. He didn't have a mic though. Yeah. Hey, if you. If you well, want to come you. on later, you know, you can get a, grab a mic and we'll talk. We'll talk movies. But, uh... <clears throat> he seems like a cool guy. He's cool. He's kind of a legend. Now, the he reminds th- me a lot like... Dr. I know. That's, I, thought, dude, I actually yeah. thought it was oh, him. I, I thought it was Matt. When yeah, I first. that's right. Matt, Matt looks like Dr. Ghoul. Yeah. Yeah, but they're especially not the, the same. Voice. We saw them both together, so they're not the same. The voice, especially, is just yeah. like, it's exactly like Matt's. So, f- so wouldn't that be crazy if you just find out it was Matt the whole time? Yeah, <laughs> Scooby Doo it, pull off the mask. Yep. yep. So if I try one thing at the at the skyline, like food wise, what should I get? Because there's a lot of crazy shit, lots of crazy. Dude, stuff. I'll tell you one thing I I recently discovered, yeah. and it's like underground. Okay. It's not on any menu. It's not written anywhere. Okay. Uh, but it's the chicken bacon ranch sandwich. Okay. It's like a fried chicken patty type thing. Yeah. And then it's got bacon ranch on it. Oh, shit. It's good. I saw Joe have it one time. I was like, what is that? And he's like, oh, it's not on the menu. So that's underground, yeah. I, I have not had that. I'll have to try it. But I would say if you want to play it safe, just get the pizza. If you want something a little bit odd, play it safe, get the pizza. They have a special menu. Yeah. This for this weekend. Oh but yeah, you're looking all... at it. It's it's pretty it's pretty righteous. I, I was liking that. I like what I saw. And then also, um, I do know the pretzel one is good. And that's kind of a favorite of people too. The pretzel, pretzel burger. One. It's got 
two soft pretzels. I've, with a I've seen loin. you. I've yeah. seen you with a in a picture. With yeah, but then you got the pretzel loin. Yeah. Which is the same thing, but a tenderloin. Okay. Because in you know in Indiana, like tenderloins are like this big thing. Exactly. Exactly. So you got to get a tenderloin for sure. But yeah, pizza. They got this new machine that cooks in like three minutes. But it's like crispy and well cooked, and it's like oh, really good pizza. Yeah, that sounds it's one amazing. Of, yeah. One of those like he just got it. It's four thousand dollars or something, like an Holy industrial yeah. pizza right, well, oven. I'll, I'll get something new every every movie. I'll save something special for Reanimator. I can't I mean, you think get of anything veggie. that's bad. So you gotta get the veggie tray. Have you have have you heard about that? No. So Joe had all these people coming up to him and like, hey man, you should do uh, uh, healthy foods. And Joe's like, oh, okay. And so he makes this veggie tray as a joke. And it has fried pickles, fried mushrooms, and uh, <laughs> corn nuggets. Oh, man. So it's, like, not healthy at all. Dude, he says it's, like, one of the most popular items on the menu. That's Do they amazing. know what it has That's on it, amazing. though? I, I would think people would be like, I'll take a veggie tray. It's really a great deal because it's $4 for all that. Yeah. That's, that's a good deal. Because you'll spend $4 just for fried mushrooms, but with that, you're getting everything else. A whole tray of flavors to choose from. Then they got, then uh, Starry invented this new sandwich called uh, The Mess, and it's a hot dog on top of a hamburger, (laughs) and like all this other crazy stuff. I'm not sure exactly what's on it, but. Yeah. A lot of cool shirts. I see. I saw an anthropologist. Curtis has the best shirt, though. Video violence t-shirt. Yeah, You're not going to see that, that, that anywhere. Badass. So is that one. Crazy fat Ethel. I, I have These. a Grindhouse shirt, uh, but I, I I didn't wear it. Either. Grindhouse releasing, or does it just say... No, no, no. no. Like, the, the Grindhouse uh, Rodriguez uh, Tarantino oh, okay, double feature. Yeah. It's like a, an, an original drive-in Austin, Texas like shirt, split shirt. It's one of my favorites. Uh should have worn it. I really should have. I love when they came out with the Blu-ray for that. Yeah. Where it was both of them. Yeah. Because for a while, it was just you had to get one or the other, and it didn't have the trailers. And I think the, those movies do get a bad reputation. Uh, I think they're very underplayed, but I, I, I really enjoy them uh, for what oh, yeah. they're worth. Death Proof is... Uh, I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of Planet Terror. I mean, it's good. Yeah. But Death Proof is, like, one of my favorite Quentin Tarantino films. Absolutely. I think, I think that film is grossly underrated yeah 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 it's really good revisit it if uh if you think you watched it and didn't like i talked to a lot of people who like oh i didn't like it when i first saw it but now i like it kind of yeah i need to rewatch it because i haven't seen death proof since i was probably 15 or 16 yeah so i I think when i first saw it i was so young i didn't appreciate it because as a kid you kind of just want action or you want something fast but yeah. it's it's more of a throwback to the actual grindhouse movies rather than planet terror which has but like the last 20 minutes of that film was fucking nuts off the oh yeah crazy. i remember that i really yeah. liked it even yeah. when i was uh, 15 i remember thinking like damn that's a yeah, the, the last car chases is horrific it's it's terrifying you yeah. really do feel like she's going to fly off the car and, and die you know and the very second. how the movie completely ends where there where she stomps that guy uh Kurt Russell's face in, yeah, and then does like a, yeah, they do in, like yeah. a cheerleader jump. Yeah, that's and then credits. That's the, that one of my girlfriend's favorite moments in movie history. Is that is that cheerleader jump at the end of Death Proof? 
Well, I said this a lot, but I'm a big fan of girl revenge flicks. Oh yes, yes. So that that's why I really that's one of the reasons I really liked it too. But yeah, we'll, we'll watch it again because I got the Blu-ray with the trailers. Because you did you see it in theaters? No. Nah. Okay. You it. it Really cool if release. Miss, if you didn't yeah. see it in theaters, you missed out because oh, I bet watching all the trailers and everything. I must have been. What year did that come out? Two thousand six. Uh, yeah, two thousand seven. Probably. Yeah. I think the theater, the theater release was two thousand six. So I was probably just old enough to be able to get in the theater and watch it. Yeah, so I would have been, I think, fourteen or fifteen. I saw it, I think, on HBO or something. Played it. Oh, so did they have all the trailers and everything? I don't think so. Yeah, See, I, I thought that was like have. the best part. But I saw, I think I saw Death Proof first. But I have yeah. Planet Terror on DVD. I don't have Death Proof. I thought Death Proof, and, and uh, I've talked to Joe Godden about this too. Death Proof is Grindhouse. Um, right. Planet Terror is not. Yeah. They, they try too hard. It's an imitator, a yeah. modern day imitator. Yeah, they try too hard and they they miss the heart of the whole thing. And, well, and, just, and then they have like standard Rodriguez. Reels. It's just standard Rodriguez. You know, he doesn't yeah. uh, he doesn't usually you know mask in the slower, more uh, chunky, less interesting bits of uh, exploitation cinema. You know, yeah. the stuff that's just long drawn out sequences of. Uh, unknown actors muttering gibberish, you know, that doesn't necessarily uh, relate to anything overarching in the plot. Um, but uh, I think it's vastly interesting just on its own merits. Yeah. Uh, more interesting than Planet Terror, that's which is just violence for the sake of entertainment for 90 minutes. Yeah, so if you want to watch one that's more Grimehouse-ish, yeah. Death Proof. There's if Don. You want the modern we need to get day. Don's attention. If you want the modern day uh, guns, just explosions and blood packets or whatever. Right. And I, I think it is kind of more of an imitator too because I can't think of a single grindhouse movie that's anything like Planet Terror. It's, no. It copies the style, but it's modern. Whereas Death Proof feels like it could have been from the 70s. Yes. I got this great Don ex- Don story for you, Curtis. Um, he's I opening, probably won't be able to hear him. He's opening the 16 millimeter can reels, right? And I'm watching him, and he opens this one, and he's like, he gets it like real close up to his face, right, and starts sniffing it. So I'm like, why, you know, why are you, why are you sniffing that? And he's like, well, I'm trying to, I think it's going vinegar. And I was like, oh, okay. So I was like, well, can I take a smell? You know, because I want to yeah. know what that smells like. Dude, I don't know why he gets so close. Because I got close, too. I was like, okay. <laughs> if you're a noob to it, don't get close. Because I got close to it and sniffed it. Dude, that shit was fucking hardcore vinegar. Like, <laughs> it, it felt like somebody splashed vinegar in my face. Oh, wow. But but for Don, he was kind of like, <laughs> you know, he's probably so used to it. And I noticed something. He kind of, he, he is so ingrained in in 16 millimeter film reels that he, you'll see if you meet him today. He kind of smells a little bit like vinegar. Oh wow! <laughs> Seriously, that's, that's hilarious. Seriously, his whole house probably smells I bet like you, vinegar. Yeah, dude, I bet. He's like one of those fast food workers <laughs> that they fry French fries all day and they come yeah, home smelling like French fries. Yeah, you smell a reek of fry grease. And yeah. that's that's a legend there. 
he's around film so much now. Have you heard about Don? No, no. He's a legend around these parts. Nobody's seen his collection. Okay. But he's got like Silent Night, Deadly Night on 35. Oh, wow. I, he's I, got. I have the uh, Stars Blu ray, I think, of that. It's, yeah. It's a good good movie. I I like revisiting it every uh, like November in between Halloween and Christmas. He's got shit, dude, shit ton he of 35 millimeter he's prints. But he's got warehouses and warehouses. Nobody knows exactly how much he has. Yeah. But he Joe's giving me kind of an estimate. I think he said... Well, Joe doesn't even know, though. Well, yeah, he doesn't know. He just gave me what he thinks. My yeah. several hundred 35. He's got more 16 than 35. Uh-huh. But. And he's got a 35 millimeter print of... I don't know what movie it was, but only three people have it, are known to have it. Him, Quentin Tarantino... And uh, Joe Dante. Oh, shut up, man. <laughs> yeah, Joe told us that story. We make jokes about how he just finds film reel prints laying That's around. You know, incredible. like, he, you'll talk to him one day. He's like, oh, man, I got this I got this score where I got all these 35-millimeter yeah. prints. And it's like, holy shit. I want to try to get him on the show, but he's he's really okay. modest. Uh, and he's, he's a bit shy when you first meet him. I can understand that. But he's he's a huge film lo- I mean, he's a big film fan. That's him there with the beanie next to Dr. Gooley. Oh, yep. I got gotcha. you. Yep. <coughs> we'll try to get catch his eye and be like, yo, Don. Be cool if we could get him on. Yeah. But, yeah, he's a legend. Oh, anytime they show a 35 millimeter print here, it's him. It's his. Yep. Yeah. Well, are they using DCPs or Blu-rays? What do they use to protect They're, these these films tonight? I think I think a little bit of both. Oh, uh, yeah. Some of them are just Blu-rays. Some are DCPs. Last year, I think for Pandemonium, uh, some of them were 35, and then but I know Cannibal Holocaust was on Blu-ray because somebody had uh-huh. the Blu-ray of, of Cannibal Holocaust sitting on the concession county. Did Cannibal Holocaust screen here? Yeah. Yep. Really. Lene Quigley was in my car. And that would be the way to see it. I and it's look. funny that she was there because she's a she's a vegan. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you know yeah, that, that sh- film isn't a favorite of mine or anything. I don't condone that movie, but I that'd be the way to see it. I'll tell you that that legendary. Yeah, I was I was with her when they showed the turtle scene, and she was not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> and she uh, I I don't really care for the animal cruelty stuff yeah. in it if you take that out i think it's a really well-made film like it, if you just look yeah. at it i think it's i think it's made pretty damn good it, yeah so it's certainly uh high concept and ahead of its time yeah yeah but really if you want to get down to cannibal films it started with man from deep river which one was it? which one man from deep river which oh, i yeah, think yeah. was umberto Lindsay. Mm-hmm. So it's funny because Cannibal Holocaust came out, and then uh, Umberto Lindsay made Cannibal for Rocks. Right. And then everybody said, oh, man, you ripped off Cannibal Holocaust. And uh, he was kind of like, well, I don't think he ever addressed it, but it's kind of like, well, he actually did Man from Deep River first. Yeah. yeah. Which which kind of... Is that one a lot get, like Cannibal Holocaust too? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's a cannibal movie where they actually went to like the Amazon and filmed it and everything. Did, did you guys uh, see and enjoy the Green Inferno? Eli Roth's The Green uh, Inferno. It was okay. It was exactly like Cannibal Frogs, though. I I really uh, was disappointed by that film. 
I thought it uh, I thought it held back a lot of punches that uh, that that he could have gotten away with. I think. Well, I'm not a I'm not a Eli Roth fan at all. In uh, fact, I kind of despise him. But so when I watched, I was like, oh okay, because I wasn't expecting yeah. much. I was expecting it to be shitty, and when it was just okay, I was like, okay. Yeah. I mean, and you when know, it was he's only kind of shitty. Yeah, when it's kind of shitty, I'm like, hey, I'm proud of him. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of liked it. I kind of didn't. I'm just kind of mixed on it. Yeah, I think. I- what Joe said was pretty accurate that it's kind of ballsy for him to release that uh-huh. and that's why it got such a limited release it was originally supposed to be I think a wide release but they dropped it yeah. because there was backlash about uh-huh. the native people the Amazon and the gore the blood they don't release stuff like that too much anymore right yeah, yeah. I which bring, I actually wanted to bring up are you, you guys are fans of S. Craig Zoller right I know oh, you yeah. are I know you're a big fan of S. Craig Zoller Charlie uh, Curtis actually introduced me to him. A who? S. Craig Zoller, uh, Bone Kill Tom or Bone, oh, Tomahawk. Bone Tomahawk. He's uh, he's probably my favorite, if not my favorite genre filmmaker uh, working. Well, nowadays. he's he's making Grindhouse films. Yeah, well, abs- through and through. But I do think they they transcend just being Grindhouse films. I yeah, think. right. I, they're I think they're a, a, a step above. Yeah. Yeah, they're Your not average. just they're not just grindhouse films to be yeah. grindhouse films. They're, he's trying to, but it was like exploitative. Uh, they didn't. They it was almost it was almost like super conservative at some parts, you know, stuff like that. So yeah. it's like over the top, like masculinity type stuff going on, which which I miss. It was always fun seeing movies like Dirty Harry and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, so he made let's see, uh, Brawl and Cell Block ninety nine. Yeah. And Bone Tom Hawk and uh, Dragged Across Concrete. Dragged Across Concrete. That title I really like and you mentioned that how that that <laughs> yeah. title is pure grindhouse. His his all of his titles are are brilliant. <laughs> are just incredibly brilliant. I love I love every one of them. Yeah. Hugely inspired by that man. I uh, I admire every step, every creative thing that he does. I'm going to have to check out those other two cuz I've only seen Bone Tomahawk. Oh man. You would if you liked Bone Tomahawk, the other it. the other two are just even more. I think the, the other same. two are, are better. Uh, Dragged Across Concrete is probably my favorite. Oh, absolutely! I love Dragged Across Concrete. <laughs> yeah, very we'll massive in scope and very explosive with the violence. And it's long as hell too. Well, yeah. all of his movies are long. Not all- not in the boring, pretentious way, though. You know, not, yeah, not like an Andre Rublev, Andre Tarkovsky kind of way. Like in I a, remember, Bone yeah. Tomahawk was pretty long, but it wasn't it wasn't boring. <laughs> right. I thought it was pretty interesting. Yeah. So. <coughs> I don't right. have a problem with something if it's long. I am a little bit more yeah. hesitant because I feel like if if I'm going to invest two and a half, three hours on a movie, it better be pretty damn good. Right. Because I don't want to spend all afternoon watching a piece of crap. I agree. Right. It needs to deserve to be long. Right, yeah. And you need to not know it's long. You need to be sit there and think, this is epic. Yeah. So it needs to be, this is epic, not you this need, is yeah, long. You need to be not wanting it to end, you know, where you would just watch it for hours and be okay with well, it. Well, really, it needs an eight-act structure. That's what it needs. Yeah. If you have the eight-act structure, it can be long. <laughs> If you don't have an eight act, if you just have like a, if you just have like a barely a two act, like some of these people, then you know it's gonna piss me off watching that. I'm not gonna watch. Well, actually, I am because I'm the type of person I have to finish it. You know which, uh, 
which maybe didn't deserve to be nine hours long or whatever, no. <coughs> was, uh, I just got bonked on the head, Yep. Uh, was The Hobbit. Oh man! I always joke about that because that, it's just one was. movie. That that was disgusting. I I hated every second of that. that it's uh, just it's just one movie. They just broke yeah. it up into three parts. They didn't have to do. It's long. It should Very have been long. one movie. Yeah. Is it, so so in the book, uh, did you read the book? Yeah. Yes, I love the book. I've, I've read the book. So in the book, you don't know what the fuck Gandalf is doing, and that's awesome. He's yeah. just gone, and he's here. It's like I don't know what he's doing, and you can kind of almost <laughs> you could almost kind of guess what he's doing, yeah. or maybe it's some sort of. And this one, he's like doing some some shit. I don't know, something with a necro. Yeah, I remember that. Like yeah, that. they show where Gandalf went. You didn't need to do that. Yeah, that's right. You don't need to do that. <laughs> so that's and then also when they use that GoPro during the barrel escape. That was so bad. I was going to make a... There for a while, I was going to make a Hobbit, like a Charlie edit. And it was going to be short as fuck. And I was going to get rid of all those jokes they make about inventing golf and all that stupid shit. I want to know, are you guys fans of Lord of the Rings, though? Oh, yeah. It's one of my favorite movies. You like yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. I think it's pretty good. The Lord of the Rings is a really solid adaptation. It's one of the more successful ones. Yeah. I also like the uh, what was it, Rank ba- Rankin Bass cartoons that came out in the seventies. Oh yeah, I've got one of those on VHS. I haven't seen I like any of those. those too. Yeah, those are cool. I am just about out of time though, guys. I'm gonna. All right. Yeah. All right. Cool. I'll, yeah. I'll be back That's around cool. this evening. Though. All right. That's cool. We're going to talk about this Duke Mitchell question. Yeah, so. yeah they're definitely they're great. I'll see you later tonight. See you. All right. That's a pretty cool guy. Yeah. yeah, I've been talking about Facebook. I've never met him in person, you know, obviously, because he's from Michigan. But, yeah, so. All right. God damn these beasts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is your is your uh, sinuses? I've had this cough for like three weeks. I don't I know what it is. All right. Anyways, so uh, Grindhouse put out this collection last Friday, and actually the only place I could see where you could get it was from Grindhouse Video in Tampa. Two completely, they're two completely different companies. You got Grindhouse releasing and Grindhouse Video. Yeah. Grindhouse it, Video is kind of like a sell selling. It's like this is a store. Yeah, kind of like if you're familiar with Diabolic DVD, but they also have yeah. a physical brick brick and mortar store. Yeah. So, Grindhouse Video sold this uh, collection that Grindhouse Releasings put out Friday, and what it is. It's all of Duke Mitchell's collection. So you got Massacre Mafia style and Gone with the Pope. Uh, two, two 70s films, uh, kind of like, uh, they're kind of like Godfather. <laughs> yeah. Done on the cheap. Uh, Massacre Mafia style was first. It was 1973. Gone with the Pope, I think, was 76. But Massacre Mafia style, uh, he made kind of in response because he didn't really like the Godfather. Yeah, he said Godfather for pussies. Uh, 
He he uh, directs, stars, writes. He does all that. He even he even helped edit. Yeah. He hired an editor, but he just kind of pointed and looked. And at Gone what with he the Pope didn't get finished until like 2006 or something crazy like that, right? Yeah, Don't, uh, Gone with the Pope was unfinished, and then in the 90s, Bob Morosky and Sage Stallone, the guys who founded Grindhouse Releasing, they found it while they were trying to get a hold of uh, Jeffrey Mitchell, his his son, Duke Mitchell's son. And so they were negotiating, and I guess Jeffrey Mitchell talked about having a bunch of his dad's old stuff in his garage, and so they looked through the garage, they found Gone with the Pope, which the original title was Kiss the Ring. Um, <laughs> and so they spent, I think, over 10 or 15 years or something restoring it, and then they had to edit the movie as well. Yeah, so the movies are incredible. No, there's no question about it. Definitely watch them. Here's, we're, we're going to get into the packaging. Uh, so if you wanted to buy these two Blu-rays separately in the past, uh, they're out of print. And it's really, uh, it's going to cost you about $100 per Blu-ray. Yeah, somewhere them. in that range, yeah. So this is a hell of a deal if you want to get the movies because it's 50 bucks. And you get the two movies, whereas you'd spend $200 if you did it any other way. But, and and they created this really cool pastel. I think Duke Mitchell painted that, right? It's like a Duke Mitchell painting of himself. Uh, I'm not sure. I know it looks like whoever painted maybe the the cover, I think, of uh, Massacre Mafia style. Maybe. I'm not really sure. I don't know the I don't the know the story to that, but they, they created this really cool slipcover. Here's the problems I have. The slipcover is super, super tight. Like, it's try to, try to get those out of there. It's hard as hell. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I can, if I... I'm almost timid to, to even open it because... Right. It you don't like want to rip. rip it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so... That that's a that's kind of a problem. Another thing is the 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 box set itself was sealed, and the uh, but the individual Blu-rays weren't. So it makes you think: Did they just get some sort of like already opened Blu-rays and put it in there? I, I don't understand they were how that works. They were packaged separately. No, no, no. Like it was packaged like that, and that was all shrink wrapped. But the individual Blu-rays weren't. Like the individual Blu-ray. Those should have been sealed, right? If they were new. I don't. I don't think that. I don't think so. Like I, the jewel case should have been sealed. So just all of this was shrink wrapped. Right. The Blu-rays themselves weren't sealed. Right. Whoever they probably ordered from for the slip cases, they probably just had it all in one deal. Yeah. <laughs> they do that too a lot with their um, with their with their. Uh, Slip, slip, slip covers. A lot of times they shrink wrap the entire thing, including the shrimp slip cover. Yeah. So but yeah, that's kind of hard to open. Yeah. I'm not even gonna try. Yeah. Because I don't want to damage Charlie's. But as far as that, it's just the uh, blue, the releases that were previously released. Yeah. But you're getting a hell of a deal. Uh, also, with the with this set. It's limited. I forget what the limited number is. It's really low. I think it's 750 maybe. So hopefully it's not sold out if you're interested. I'm sure you can probably find it somewhere. Yeah, uh, Grindhouse Video in Tampa had 25 copies for sale Friday. 
Okay. So but they yeah. didn't sell out quick. Because I checked back like a couple days later and they still had like two copies left. I guess I'm not too surprised because people have been wanting these back in stock for a while. But like Grindhouse has been saying, they can't really do that because it took them a long time to go out of print. So, and how they order these Blu-rays is they usually do it, I think, a thousand a time. A thousand each is the minimum. So... You know, this would make sense why they would do it this way because you get both movies, you don't have to have 2,000 of each movie. Yeah. So, definitely buy it, but I'm just saying packaging could have been better. Yeah. And who knows if these will ever go back in print, too. Yeah, yeah. That's another thing. And the movies are really, really good. Nice, nice violent type of... uh, Exploitative. Yeah. Uh, Godfather ripoffs. Gone with the Pope is um, has a lot of good shots of Las Vegas from the 70s. It's got a good uh, song and soundtrack from Jeffrey Mitchell. Massacre Mafia style is the Godfather on crack. Yeah. Lots of shooting and all out ballsy stuff. Yeah, uh, it's pretty. It's pretty bloody too. There's a couple headshots that when we were watching it, we were like, "Damn!" Yeah, like the top of the dude's I head like coming off. Headshots. But yeah, I think Duke Mitchell even did kind of an ad campaign for Massacre Mafia style, where he said, uh, "More, more guns and more, more balls or something, more dynamite than the Godfather." We're no, live. We're not, we're not live, but yeah, we're well, recording. Do my best, David Lee Roth. Let's hear it. I can't do David Lee Roth. That mic's kind of sensitive, so you gotta like really. Well, I'm kind of loud. Can you hear me? Oh yeah. Foshizi. Your levels are good. Oh yeah. So we you got have some nice levels, boy. We have a random audience member that we don't know. Uh, what we do never you think of the guy. show? Or what do you think of the drive-in? Well, I just got off work as a phone sex operator. So my voice is a little coarse, but I mm-hmm. think so far the hot Sorella sticks have won my heart. <laughs> because <laughs> the hot sticks are good. I came out here for a little bit of spice because I'm used to that at work. That's hot. <laughs> it is Zarella. Let's hear your uh, phone sex operator voice. Ah! <laughs> I play a girl, so <laughs> I, do, I do pretty good. <laughs> That's all you say. <laughs> you just have the climax. Basically, the, lo- the less you talk, the longer they stay. Just he's, make some sound like, effects, too. He's ah. like, hey, girl, I, got, I just whipped my dick out. Ah. <laughs> yes, baby, that's a fap goes, for you. And then he goes, thank you. I didn't mean to take this to the X-rated. So. Dude, we do whatever on this show. As long as whatever, it's all right. As long as it's somewhat movie-related. Which that was. So do you have, like, uh, are you playing, like, waiting room music right now? No, we don't usually play music over the That's good. show. Honey, <laughs> we'll do play some Yes on repeat. Yeah, <laughs> what's that song I like by Yes? Um, the one that has that really great bass line. Uh, uh I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> Ru- we, roundabouts. Y- yeah, Yes fans are like Rush fans. Every time at work that they talk to me about Yes or Rush, 
I just smile and nod. Oh, they just, I like Russian. If yes. you mention that you like something by them, they'll just talk forever. Today I was like, how many of Russia's 40 albums can you name? This guy went going, man. He was hes about in the 20s when he gave up. You just got to be like, yes, dear. Yes, dear. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hey, I'd rather talk about yes or rush than five finger death punch. Because that's a popular conversation starter, I guess. Um, Are they still a thing? Are they still really popular still? <clears throat> Unfortunately, they're still a band. <laughs> they were really popular when I was in high school. They're still sadly too popular. <laughs> yeah. What was that movie, uh, Five Fingers of Death, right? The Kung Fu? Uh, the Kung Fu film? Five... Oh, did they name their band after a kung fu film? Maybe. I think there's a movie called Five Finger... So I heard they named... Five Fingers like, of Death. They came up with a band name because like, they were trying to come up with a band name. And the singer was like, hey, how, how wide do you think I can open my mouth? And he dared the band members to all huddle around him and drop their trout and take a crap in his mouth. And every song you hear is that crap. Oh, that was built up inside his lungs. So that's still coming out. So whenever it's all the way gone, then they might call it quits. Huh? Maybe. That's interesting. But my guess is the singer's going to go. Yeah, Five Fingers of Death. Uh, Five Fingers of Death. Okay. It's a really great kung fu film. Uh, use that song that. That Quentin Tarantino uses all the time, that sound effect. Oh, uh, okay, you know, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Kill Bill, I remember. Dun, dun, dun. Mm. Yeah. Speaking of Tarantino. That. Do you like kung fu films, though? Do you like kung fu? Man, sometimes. Like, I have the uh, <laughs> the Lone Wolf and the Cub. Oh, Lone Wolf well, and Cub. That's, that's a Samurai, samurai but yeah. Okay, see, now we're getting real. We're, Get out we're, of here. we're cutting it with the samurai sword into subgenres. <laughs> Rikio, I love Rikio. Yeah. Sorry, Ricky. We're just kidding you. <laughs> that samurai, That's it's a samurai. not Kung Fu. <laughs> it's got swords. Well, I don't mean to be like a jerk about it, but. There's probably a huge they're difference. They're completely different, though. Damn. Yeah. Would you say the samurai films are normally like a revenge? The samurai films are. The samurai films are a lot like why Japan and China are different. So the samurai films are like really refined and well-made and high budget. And then the chi- the kung fu films, China, are just like, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just make this cheap-ass movie. Hell yeah. Which So, so it's really kind of, yeah. But yeah, I don't mean to be like... I think my, like, if I ever made a film, the biggest honor I would ever get is a rip-off movie. Like if somebody in Italy or something was just like... Yeah, we copied your movie and made it suck more than it already sucked. <laughs> so if you, you're saying if you made a movie and then Bruno Mattei made an Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be cool. It, it'd have to be, there'd have to be like some type of culture gap to it, to where someone in a different country, because it wouldn't be cool. So like if I remade Fang Boner that, and I made it my own ripoff version of Fang Boner, that wouldn't be funny. I live in the next state over. It, it would probably kind of be the same. Yeah. But in another country, you know, might be a little more interesting to see I, I what, what, what somebody saying, would I'll do. I'll bring up uh, The Office. The Office? The, the UK Office. Oh, okay. And then the American version was was a success, whereas the UK version sucked. Yeah. 
It got canceled, I think, after two seasons. It makes me think of, uh, there's an episode of, of uh, King of the Hill where Hank Hill says, like, somebody recommends a foreign film to Hank Hill, and he goes, ah, oh, isn't there an American version yet? <laughs> And that, that like, really struck a chord with me because I was like, that sucks. There really are people out there like that. Yeah. When you recommend it, like, when I worked at the video store, it was really the first time I truly noticed. Because even at Family Video, they would put this movie is subtitled sticker right on the box. And there's some people that literally just don't even know what that means. And they would come back in, like, the day of or the next night. And they'd be like, I got home, and this was in Japanese. I, I don't want to read. Yeah, the, yeah, we know you don't know how to read because that little sticker we yeah. put on the box that says this movie is subtitled made no fucking sense to you at all. I, I, I browse some of the Amazon reviews, and there are people that give yeah. a movie one star because, well, it said it was be, it would be in English, and it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> you have to feel bad, too. Like, every uh, there's one dude in this horror, in the support indie horror group, every time a filmmaker's hawking <laughs> his movies. Like, he's a dude from, like, Mexico. Every time a filmmaker's hawking their movies. Dude's got to be a loyal supporter because he's always there. He's always there within the first ten minutes of the post. He'll be like, Spanish subtitles? Question mark. <laughs> I'm like, damn, dude, that really sucks for that dude if he really wants to see a movie and there's no Spanish subs. He's just like, fucking, I, I ain't learning that. Here, keep talking. Keep talking. Don't, I'm not taking a picture. <laughs> what what movies you buy there, Curtis? <laughs> huh? What movies you got there? Oh, we have a Duke Mitchell collection. Ooh, Duke Mitch, huh? Gone with the Pope and Massacre Mafia style. That looks good. That box set came out last Friday. After years They're of being great. out of They're print. Movies. The guy that directed it said that Godfathers were pussies. Oh, okay. And this Basically, is his yeah. retort. Nice. There's well, actually, I mean, I get it. There's a, uh, a piece of dialogue in Massacre Mafia style where he's talking to his, to his dad. And he says, do you know what they did to you in America? <laughs> They made you. They turned you into a tomato farmer. You pick fucking tomatoes. <laughs> nice. You know who he looks like on the cover? It looks like Michael Madsen. That's who I'm bit. seeing right now. Yeah, he was a lounge singer. Who, in by Miami. the way, is exactly like California. he is in movies in person. You ever meet Michael Madsen? They had him at Horror Hound. He was literally like the whole time he had like a toothpick in his him. mouth. It's like <laughs> slicking his hair back every <laughs> thirty seconds. He'll be like Hell talking yeah. to you like. <laughs> and I also got to witness. His handler swipe this dude's illegal artwork. Oh Uh-oh. yeah, oh yeah, and I've never seen that done before. But no. evidently they Michael just confiscated Madsen, it. Evidently Michael Madsen is like so in Tarantino's corner that he's like, hey, we're, he was at, at first he was real kind of subtle. It's like, did you make this? And the guy's like, no, I bought it from blah blah blah. And he starts, did they sell that out in the showroom? He's like real investigatory at this point. And then his handler walks by. Is this what you want signed? Nope. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Away. And the guy was like, I mean, he was going to have a meltdown. They're like, and M- Michael Madsen was like, you can have anything at this table. I'll sign it for free. But we're taking that poster. He's like, I've never seen that done ever before. Michael Madsen was all about, like, it, it looked like he was about to get out his flip phone and call the excise police. And be like, this man. <laughs> it's like, dude, at a horror convention, just go in the other room. You're selling bootlegs and everything in there. Yeah, yeah well, or, don't, don't, get me wrong. or don't go in there. It's going to take don't everything. Don't get me wrong. There was a point in time where we weren't so privileged to have things coming out, and you would go to a horror convention, and you're like, man, alone in the dark. I'm never going to find that again. Mm-hmm. I'm going to buy a co- copy of this bootleg from the VHS 
Restoration Society or whatever that yeah. was called. And they're, they're nice people. They're like people that owned a video store and just want to get the movies to people. And obviously, make some cheddar. Yeah. Cheddar is yeah. better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've the, got a couple now, we're just so spoiled. <sighs> like, we still don't have Fright Night Part 2, but we're getting closer. Baby steps. One day, we will all be having a big nut while we're on the internet because they're going to say, Finally, Fright Night Part 2. The nut hurt around the world. for you to buy. You can throw away your bootlegs now. And everybody in a horror group that owned the DVD that wanted it for $100 will suddenly want it for $20. Because they need that Blu-ray money. That's the thing. So, like, I bought uh, Kill Bill, The Whole Bloody Affair on Blu-ray. Oh, yeah. Movie shit had never been split into two parts. But um, it's awesome. But... And I paid, you know, like 12 bucks for it. If somebody was to actually put out an official release of it, I'd buy it. Yeah. So oh, it's yeah. not really like I'm yeah, doing exactly. anything. Oh, yeah. And then also the guy that made that would stop making them. Mm-hmm. So it's well, really, there, there's really a lot of like love behind it all. Yeah, there's even some gray area with that. Like, what if this movie is available in other countries? So are you supposed to be an impoverished American scum that is not allowed to own it? Or could you just buy it for your region-free Blu-ray player? I see what you mean. Different perception. Instead of bootlegging, you can just buy the overseas version and still support. Yeah, and there's some movies that that's the way you got to go. Yeah. Like uh, Cemetery Man on Blu-ray. They've never released that in the States. VHS, But I got a French copy, or no, I have a German copy. And it's great until you try to watch the special features. There's no English subtitles or dubs on the special features, and it's still cool though because you can watch like the making of, and I mean you're not you can't make any sense of what they're saying. You can still see things. You're like, damn, it's a pretty cool set. Yeah. VHSBS, they're usually pretty. Uh, they're a really good company, and I like a lot of their stuff. And they yeah. even put a menu in and a little bit of music, but they they don't always take down the movie when it gets released, um, or when it gets released on Blu-ray. Yeah. They they claim they do. But that, oh yeah, they definitely. They've, they've still got Microwave Massacre on there. They've got um, there's a bunch of others on there too. Popcorn is, on, is still on there. What company? VHSPS. <laughs> oh okay, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. VHS preservation. Yeah, you would have to think too. Like they're they're just gonna leave it up there until someone tells them to take it down. Probably. Yeah, you get that because it probably chatter. is like somewhat of at one point it was what really helped them draw a crowd. It's like oh I can watch that. Shit, man. Now there's like all kinds of stupid stuff. Out. Like companies will release, and I'll be like, "Please be on Amazon Prime," because Amazon Prime, for whatever reason, just has the biggest nook of that shit yeah. Yeah. possible. And sometimes, like people will be like, "Oh, I'm gonna blind buy it for thirty-five dollars with exclusive slipcover." Don't get me wrong; I pretty much learned slipcover is like the gold you're putting around your Blu-ray now. Yeah. So if you're ever gonna blind buy anything, make sure it has a limited edition slipcover. Because well, once we're that thing about runs this out. Try to get that movie out of there. Try to get it out of there. <laughs> yeah, I have a... Uh, yeah, I'm not going to try. I won't fucking movie, but... <laughs> That's what I my, said, uh, too. I said, I'm not like going to try. Some of the Grindhouse it. releasing stuff, like the uh, pieces, right? So if you bought pieces early enough, you got the little mystery puzzle. Yeah. Like, dude, I was so lucky that, like, I I mean, I didn't order it online because the ones with the puzzle sold out faster. So I I had ordered ordered a copy and before I even opened it, you could just feel it and you're like, it's in here because this is 
unorthodox. This doesn't even feel right. So then I get it out of the shrink. And because the puzzle's in there, she it got would barely come out. Hey, she got hey, it. Hey. Good Katie, job. Katie got it out of the slipcase here. Sometimes you got to get a woman to do a man's job. <laughs> Good job. It Katie. was the delicate fingers that. Yeah, it really was. It was the subtle touch of darkness <laughs> that really did it. Duke Duke Mitchell really liked the feel and was like, I'll give it to her. <laughs> <laughs> so I was told we should all hope to be alive tonight <clears throat> during Alligator People. So what? During the fifth movie. If you're, oh, yeah. That we should all make sure we're awake. For oh, alligator yeah. people. Yeah, alligator people. Katie, if you just want to like go home and sleep for a few hours, come back. You know, watch alligator people because it'll be like after 5 a.m. probably. Alligator people. That's one of the other show tonight. Yeah, I yeah. believe so. Uh -oh. It's the last movie tonight. And huh. There's actually alligator people. And the 4D man. The man from the fourth right, so, dimension. So, yeah, so both alligator people at 5 a.m. Maybe that mic between the two of you. Because we're going to ask a question here. Question. Question time. <laughs> Just lean in there when you want to talk, Katie. Uh, so what movie tonight are you most looking forward to? Do you want me to go first? Whoever. I am most looking forward to... It's like a two-way tie, but I'm just going to go ahead and say... Frankenstein must be destroyed. That's mine too. Uh, what? What do you? What do you plan on eating tonight too? <coughs> what else do I plan on eating? What have you already eaten? Uh, so I've already eaten the monster nachos, which, if you are not in the know, monster nachos are. It's got some queso on the chips. Oh yes, Doctor Ghoul. Got to plug Doctor Ghoul. They are his concoction. But they have queso cheese, homemade salsa, and tasty beef tips. Yeah. Very good stuff. Have you heard about the mess yet? The mess? What is the mess? It's a hamburger and a hot dog all together and some other shit on there. It's, it's loaded with a bunch of shit. I'll just let the shit be mystery now. It's called the mess because you'll make a mess in your pants. You'll make a mess. You'll make a mess twice, yeah. But First when you eat it, and then later after you digest it. There's uh, something that maybe if I'm really late and stoned, uh, it's it's a tenderloin with gr with the gravy on it. Oh, my, that sounds shit. buck freaking wild. Sounds like something I definitely want to do when it's dark and I know I'm going to make a mess. Do they have the gravy tots? Yeah. Oh yeah. I'll and try gravy tots again. have gravy, bacon sprinkles, and chives. Oh. Now. The menu doesn't say bacon sprinkles, but they're gonna they're gonna sprinkle the bacon on top, and it's gonna be like some bacon sprinkles. So it's gonna be a texture flavor explosion. Some bacon showers, followed by some bacon sprinkles. Yes. And yeah, I'll probably for sure have Oreo churros tonight. That's a staple of mine. Had a tenderloin fries. What movie are you looking most forward to? <laughs> um, I really wanted to stay for Reanimator, so I don't know if I'm going to be able to stay that late, but I really wanted. Yeah. <laughs> I really want to. Yeah. I wish I could say the first time I saw Reanimator is at a drive in. But oh, is that lot, your first time watching Reanimator? You will enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would stay. 
Reanimator, like Joe Bob Briggs, Reanimator is very high up on his best of all-time greatest horror movie list. He thinks it is the perfect blend. Whoa, perfect blend of comedy. That's what and the horror. shock mounts for. It's yeah. Hey, I could fit that in my mouth, but I'm not going to. <laughs> One year at Pandemonium. We'll just take your word for it. Do you want my big black microphone? I brought this band along called Dusty Booze and the Baby Haters. Yep, I remember that. And they were great. And the lead singer was so punk rock, he took the house mic (laughs) and he stuck it down his pants and rubbed his testicles all over it. That was not cool. But it was very punk rock. So if you're a punk rocker kid listening and you want to know how to piss off the sound guy, you take his microphone and you rub it on your balls. He should have been, the, the sound guy should have been privileged. Yeah, the sound guy was like, <laughs> there was all kinds of things. The sound guy was putting his gear on the line because we had a storm staring at us. But it didn't rain. But man, you were, so you were there that year. Well, he thought it was going to rain, so he still got in his pants, right? Yeah, we delayed, yeah, and Dusty Boost and the Baby Haters, they were like, the ready-to-play type. Like, that that was the number one thing they wanted to do. But I caught on. I think it was because they were day drinking and they didn't want to get too sloppy drunk before they gave us a show, which they didn't. They were awesome. But I think they were nervous that they had traveled so far with their gear and then they were going to be told they weren't going to get to play. So they were kind of feisty for a while. But everybody was such a southern gentleman. Despite the punk rock rage that they had inside their bodies that soon flew out during their performance. They were such southern gentlemen. They were great. That's good. But that show, That's good. you remember Bigfoot? Oh, man. Wish I could bring Bigfoot back. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the, the and I've, I've been lucky enough to sometimes wrangle some really cool bands, but Bigfoot was like, when I was watching them, I was like crying on the inside. It was so good. It's like, man, these guys are, and they were the band though, like whenever we got Frankenstein Creative Bikers, I was, I was like, it'd be really cool if we could get one of the bands that we play in the movie, like Bigfoot, because everybody that I knew that knew Bigfoot was like, you need to get Bigfoot to play if you're going to show that movie. You need to get Bigfoot to play. And I already yeah. laughed because many, many moons ago, I went to Chimera Christmas up in Cleveland, and they had this local band up there opening for them called Bigfoot, and it was three dudes, three-piece band. They played very primitive-looking instruments of bass, guitar, drums. And they all dressed up like cavemen. And when they played, though, the vocals were that of a primitive homo sapien. So the vocals were like... <laughs> and it was kind of funny for a song or two, but yeah. then it became excruciatingly painful for them to continue. So I was worried that everybody was talking up this joke band, Bigfoot, from Cleveland. But no, it was actually the just badass rock metal band from Atlanta, Georgia, with Bigfoot himself, Jeff Bryant, who's in Dear God No, Frankenstein Creative Bikers, Amazon Hotbox. My favorite at Je- Flipside. Jesse's big, long, average, normal, whatever day. <laughs> Have you seen that Sorry, yet? Brian. I'll remember it eventually. Well, You've seen that, right? Yes. I haven't seen it yet. It's very weird. But I ordered it, so I should get it. Yeah, hell yeah. I it's think they good. said October or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll be out soon. They're always pretty legit. Right now, they're having problems because they sent out those surveys, and they can't start shipping orders till all the surveys are filled out. And Yeah, I saw that. People aren't filling out the surveys, and it's literally just like a short questionnaire that takes like a minute. Yeah, it just wants to know your address and all that. 
Yeah, they just want to make sure they're going to mail them to the right people. Yeah. So, are you a fan of any other Stuart Gordon films? We were talking about Stuart Gordon earlier. Yeah, I mean... Castle Freak. Who doesn't love Castle Freak? Dagon's good. It has the worst movie name in the world, though. Dagon. Dagon it. Dagon. <laughs> but well, Jim Minorsky made a movie called Dagon Dogs Christmas or something like that, right? Dagon. Dogon <clears throat> Christmas. Dogon Christmas. Yeah. But uh, I got got to meet him a few years back at Horror Hound. He's a super dude. But yeah. I was like, I've never met at him. That, at that specific show, I was more excited to meet Brian Usna, who more or less was like one of the producers on most of the classic Stuart Gordon movies. Yeah. Um, speaking of Brian Usna, uh, we're going to be showing Society at the drive-in uh, next month with uh, Patrick, so that's going to be awesome. Um, <coughs> yes, yeah, Society will be great. You guys are going to be there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Society's great. Whenever I was a kid, Society was the movie that browsing the epic wall of VHS tapes, Society was always the movie that I never rented because you just couldn't figure out what it was going to be about. Yeah. And I believe like one of the little taglines on the box was something along those lines of, you can't figure it out, or something like that, alluding to the mystery of the movie. Yeah. I just remember I was always so sketchy on ever seeing the movie. I was like, eh, I'm not going to rent this. But then once I got like old enough to want to collect movies, that was like the movie I always sought out. It was like, where yeah. am I going to find this movie? And whenever I work at Vibe, I had, I had a crew with me, and I normally don't let other people buy used stuff because they don't. I price everything, and everyone that I ever hired that would help was always like part-time, and they, they would never see something and know instantly what they could charge for it. And I kind of have that special talent of, okay, this is in this condition, charge this much or whatever. But I used to keep a list of movies, and it was like literally like an absurd list of movies, like 20 to 30 things that I would say, if I'm not here and somebody comes in and any of these movies are in their box, call me right away because we can't lose them. We have to have them. <laughs> and I got a call one day, and I was literally, I think I was at Disc Replay in Indy, and I was shopping for movies, and I got a call from my coworker Sherry, and she's like, hey, Brandon, a guy's here with a bunch of movies to sell. And she was just real sweet about it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> thinking she's going to ask me something random. She's like, you know that list you have? There's like seven of the movies on this. Holy shit. And I don't even remember, because at, at this point now, this was back when I was just beginning to collect Blu-rays. So if, if I couldn't find it on Blu-ray, it probably wasn't out on Blu-ray yet. So I was seeking after like old Anchor Bay DVDs and things like that. But she had called me, and that was one of the movies. She's like, she's like, it says Midnight Double Feature, Society and Spontaneous Combustion. And I literally <laughs> almost spontaneously combusted with excitement. I was like, oh, my God, really? And then she named off tons of trauma stuff, like Terror Firmer was in there. She had Attack of the Killer Tomatoes Part 2. I just remember geeking out. I was like, oh, my God. Ask that guy if he'll stay for, like, 30 minutes. I'm 30 minutes away. And she's like, he's from out of town. I'm like, oh, no. And she's like, but he said he's going to go get lunch. And as long as you can make it back in time 
he'll talk to you. So I was like, okay. So I sped back to town. And this dude, though, he had ran a booth up at uh, Liberty Bell Flea Market before they closed. So he was telling me, he's like, yeah, he's like, I was never much of a movie person, but that was one of the things I sold is he said I would buy storage units and sell old movies and stuff. He said from doing that, people would sometimes bring me their movies and sell them to me. And he said I became a big movie lover. And he said I, I just started watching all the weirdest shit. And he said I became really big into horror, grindhouse, stuff like that. And the dude, though, he literally had a box of just gold movies, like just stuff that's like, okay, this stuff isn't going to walk in the door again. And I was literally like being very honest with him, like, dude, some of this shit is rare. I cannot honestly put a price on this. But I told him, like, between me and you, I want this. Like, this, I said, if I put this and sold it in the store, I would have to lowball it because nobody in this town is going to know what it is. Yeah. And he was like, really? <laughs> He's like, well, I'll tell you what. He's like, you give me 150 bucks cash, you can have the whole box. And there was easily like at least 100 movies in the box. So I was like, totally, dude, totally. Because oh, yeah. he looked at me and said, he said, I can tell you're going to appreciate this like I did. And I would rather, if I'm going to take bottom dollar, I would rather t- sell it to a guy like you that's Film actually going to appreciate it. So, But I geeked out. Whenever I finally got to take it home and watch it, I finally learned what the shunting is all about. Which, yeah. don't even Google shunting <laughs> if you haven't seen Society. Yeah, don't Society's Google like one anything of those about movies Society. like Sleepaway Camp. Right. Don't Google anything out about it because chances are they're going to ruin some of the mystery and intrigue of what makes the movie so memorable. Yeah, and I envy anybody who hasn't seen it yet because yeah. it's great for the ending. But uh, I got a really good score uh, last week. Um, I got that uh, The Basement, that Camp Motion Pictures oh, yeah, yeah, box set. That. I got that for $15. Nice. And I see it sell all the time yeah for, and like whenever you used to buy that at, like when that was for sale at conventions <laughs> I want to say that was pricey it was like what 40-50 bucks yeah for that set it wasn't cheap so now it's it, really pricey if you like yeah, on oh, yeah. eBay and all that of course you know I used to have that and I, I got rid of it now of course when I got rid may of I it may I have your copy maybe I don't know <laughs> my, co- my copy I forget how much I sold it for but I made I made my money back I remember that but yeah I uh, borrowed a copy from uh from uh, Curtis. Looks like the Sammy Terry's going to be on stage. Awesome. In five minutes. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. All out. Well, we don't want to miss Sammy Terry, but thanks, Flipside Cinema, for letting me talk extensively and oh, kick that really gross perv person out of here that was moaning and stuff. Yeah, what was that about? I know. <laughs> but they are at the skyline, so once it gets dark. Oh, hey, real quick. Katie was in a movie. What movie? Do you want to talk about that? Get close to that mic, though. I, I don't, you've got a really quiet voice. Yeah. I'm soft-spoken. <laughs> Here you go. Get, like, in there. Get, like get in there. You can do it. Put your back into it. <laughs> I'm not going to try to put it in my mouth, I promise. Katie's working on, uh, well, I think you're wrapped, right? Yeah, you're done. I was just one scene. She, she's working on Dennis and Henry's post-divorce checklist as a hot... I think the script said hot bar girl or something. Yeah, like hot chicken bar or something like that. (laughs) I got to tell you, uh, we were watching the dailies later in the day, and they they really liked your performance. And they said that something, I don't know, you have some sort of face for 
the camera or something Ooh, like that. Ooh, deer in headlights. <laughs> yes. They don't, and they weren't saying that about everybody, you know. That's good to hear. Yeah. I delivered my one line perfectly. <laughs> what was it? Hi. Oh, hi. <laughs> How you doing? No, it wasn't even that. It's good to hear that I did good. <laughs> yeah, they were. I will say they were. You know, they were saying good things. I was thinking so hard about it, though. I was like, man, I really got to, like, think about how I say it. And I was, like, trying to plan out what I was going to wear and, like, how I was going to do my makeup and stuff. Like, I thought, I put so much thought into it, even though I knew I was just, like, small, kind of extra. And what do you think about that girl, that lady that was just, like, boobs out? Oh, yeah, she was just getting it. She, she did not like, care. Down. She was proud of those things. Yeah, oh, she yeah. was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. Her daughter was really cool too, just willing to like, okay, whatever. I'll just yeah. Yeah. That was a fun day. Alright, well, you guys go check out Sammy Terry. I'll try to see if I can get anybody else on the show. Okay. Thank, Thank you, you Flipside. Thank you. <laughs> Kid, don't you like clowns? Why? Don't we make you laugh? Aren't we fucking funny? God damn it, girl, you better have the money for them, or I'm gonna call Lucian. Give me your hand. Isn't that better than money, Harry? the real Mizzou. You want the real Mizzou, Harry? You can have it. Forget it, Helen. I know you did, girls. I'm not this way because I want to be. It's this place. 
pretty soon a girl gets strange desires and it creeps upon you like a disease. But it's curable. What does it take? A real man like you. <laughs> Come on, Helen. Not through the bars. You should be able to get in here at night and steal a key from somebody. Come on, Harry. The guard's coming back. There's someone for Fred, too. He can have Harriet. Come on, let go. Tonight, Harry, what do you say? Shit, It's like a vice. Guard, I, uh, I forgot to tell you, we really got some great compliance tonight. Are you really serious about this? Would I take this risk if I weren't? What about later on in the week? Okay, so we're recording. Um, <clears throat> we're back. So, you guys want to introduce yourselves? This is Joe Hedge. And Joe Hedge, you've heard on the show before. Yep. And uh, my name is Brandon Prince. I'm just a guy. <laughs> yeah, so Brandon kind of uh, hangs out with us at the drive-in quite a bit. And uh, so, Joe... What movie are you looking most forward to tonight? Uh, probably my sentimental favorite is uh, Island of Terror, Peter Cushing. Uh, okay, that's, a, that's just, tomorrow night, right? Yeah, that's tomorrow night. That's a, just a sentimental favorite of mine. Um, and really the biggest thing about this whole these events is just uh, all the people that get together. We all have a lot of good friends and good time watching all the great movies. And yeah. It's just a lot of fun. What have you had to eat so far? Well, I definitely had the Monster Nachos, Dr. Ghoul's uh, little recipe. Oh, very good. Brandon had that, too. I think. Or he's going to get it, one of those two. So it's... It, it was good. The, yeah, but the, there's like steak on there, and there's a nice little recipe in there. It's pretty tasty. Yeah. And they're selling... They're, well, they're not even selling them. They're giving away these. Yeah, he's got like a cooking with Dr. Ghoul, a little nice little uh, <laughs> disc. So what are you looking forward to most tonight? Uh, really, I love all the movies, but the most fun is just when I'm, uh, once we've settled in, we're starting movie watching, we're all, some of us are all sitting together just enjoying the movies together. Yeah. That's a lot of what I like about these events is hanging out with everybody. Yeah, and, was, of course, our, our fiend, Sammy Terry, will be here, too. Yep. Are you going to take your... Uh, socks and shoes off and put your feet on. Well, you know, I always do that when it's nice and warm. It, it's going to be a little cool tonight. I may take my socks and shoes off at some point briefly. It's possible, but yeah. it probably will come back on because it's going to be a cooler night. You know, that's a, I found out today that's, comfort. that's a rule at the drive-in. You can't do that. I was going to send it to you <laughs> as a joke. Just don't get caught. Well, the, the grass, they have a nice grass here, so whenever it's usually nice weather, uh, it's, it's, I've done that in the past. All right, Brandon. What are you most excited for tonight? Um, well, the the two most the two movies I'm looking forward to the most is uh, The Fly. Uh, that's tomorrow night, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I brought a buddy with me. He's never seen The Fly, so what better way to show him than here on the drive-in? Has and he seen any Cronenberg films? Or I'm not sure if he's ever seen any of them. Like honestly, um, that's a good entry-level Cronenberg film. Yeah. I watched um, Rabid here recently for the first time, and I really enjoyed that one. That's actually my one of my favorite. Nice. Yeah, but for tonight, I think it's probably uh, Alligator People. 
I saw that movie when I was real young when I was first getting into like the history of like B movies at the drive in and stuff like that and I saw like a clip and a documentary and I was like this can't be a real movie and I just had to look it up and I, I kind of love it yeah we were talking about alligator poop I, I don't think anybody has seen it except me but now you but yeah the alligator people themselves are like hilarious yeah that's that's kind of what caught, caught my eye on this documentary was they showed one of them coming into a room and it's that kind of like ridiculous looking makeup and I'm like this looks like a fake thing that someone just made up but Nope, there it is. Yeah, now uh, that one, we're not thinking that one's going to start till like five in the morning, probably. Yeah. I think that's the last one of them. That night. is the last one, I believe. It'll be. It'll start to be. It'll start to be light out by the time it's finished. That's what I. Finished. That's what I was thinking. Which like kind of bums me out that some people might leave before then. But oh well, people will still be here and enjoying <laughs> it together. So that's that's the fun part of it. Yeah, people are definitely going to check out before that movie. Well, before that movie. But uh, usually me and Joe and Curtis do a pretty good job of staying up through it. Yep. So we'll have enough fun where we'll stay up. What'd you say? We'll have enough fun where we'll all stay up, you know. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm not I'm not checking out early. I'm here to stay. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll all sit together and uh, <clears throat> check it out. Oh, yeah, one thing. You, uh, you two weren't there. Uh, the pandemonium show we did with uh, Basket Case. I was there actually. Oh, you were there. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah, you were there. That was a great turnout. Yeah, I, I was uh, so surprised. I'm a big fan of both uh, Basket Case and Anthropophagus, and my buddy I brought with me hadn't seen either one of them. So like, he, I think he kind of fell in love with Basket Case because he was sending me all sorts of like merchandise and stuff afterwards. But it was a great time getting to show those to someone who's never seen it before. Yeah. One thing, one thing I did learn is that Anthropophagus might not have been a good choice because it's a bit of a, it's a bit slow. It is, it is. It's more not slower. really so much a drive-in movie, except there's key moments that are though. Mm-hmm. Like so. that last 20 minutes, especially like that's when it really gets going and gets yeah. you excited. Yeah. But uh, are you excited about society and? Um, Patrick next I was month. really looking forward to that and um, I had plans to come to all three nights of Pandemonium but unfortunately my work uh, d- ignored my request off so I have to go to work that night so I can't come but I am for sure coming to Last House on Dead End Street because I'm not missing that for the world yeah and actually uh, I'm glad you brought that up this will be the first time anywhere that you're going to see Last House on Dead End Street in high definition that, that's why I'm really excited for it because I've got the out of print barrel release the two disc oh DVD. shit really and, yeah it, it's oh, most, wow. it cost me like 70 bucks on eBay well it, now that's going for like 200 plus yeah yeah I, I, I got it as a steal and um, that's kind of like my baby on my shelf but I'm so excited to see this restored because that's like probably my favorite grindhouse movie ever there's an Easter egg on that uh, collection where uh, Jim Van Beber interviews Ron Atkins oh yeah have you found that yet mm-hmm no, I haven't look, seen look, that one. Look up how to get it, because you're going to want to watch that. Because he, he knew um, Roger personally, right? The director? Yep. That's what I thought. And they made a movie with uh, Ron Atkins years later called Cuckoo Clocks from Hell. Yes. And uh, he plays uh, Ron Atkins. Yeah, Terry oh. Terry or Terry uh, Hawkins. Mm-hmm. So that's why I chose the two, because they're kind of intertwined a little bit. Do you know about the unmade sequel to uh, uh, Last House on Dead End Street? 
Yeah, and wasn't Cuckoo Clocks from Hell trying to yeah, it, remake that idea or something like that? Kind of in a way. There was a script floating around. I think 2005 this was written. Uh, the guy got with Roger and he wrote it. And it was supposed to be about 30 years later, Terry Hawkins is in prison. And there's a new man who's in his same position he was in the 70s. And he starts writing to Terry Hawkins. And he tells him, these are where my old snuff films are. And long story short, Terry ends up getting out of prison and escaping and uh, has to make one final film. And it was going to star (laughs) Roger again, but unfortunately he passed away before it could get made. But you can get it for the script for about $2 on Amazon, and it's worth a read if you're a fan. I'll have to check that out. That sounds cool. So, Joe, have you watched any good movies lately? Uh, I actually uh, got to see a few movies recently with my daughter that that's finally out of school and came back from Ireland. She, uh, uh, We watched uh, The Silence, which I kind of liked. Uh, it's... Uh, Another take off of uh, oh, what's the what's that uh, a quiet place? Oh, okay. it's, it's based off the same book. I see. And um, I also got to see uh, there's another one. I'm trying to think of what it was called. Uh, oh, Bird Box. I kind of enjoyed that oh, too. Oh, Bird Box. Yeah. Bird Box. So did you watch this off Netflix then? Uh, I did. Yes. Okay. They they I enjoyed both of those. So that's probably the two I'm thinking of recently. Yeah. Um, did either of you watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Unfortunately, I missed it uh, where I live. I have, but not recently. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? It just came out. Maybe maybe I'm thinking of something thinking different. Of, well, yeah. there's like Once Upon a Time in Mexico, Once Upon yeah. a Time in America, Once it might Upon be a one Time of those. In, the, in, the, in the West. Yeah. Maybe then. He has one of those. I think he intentionally probably made it. He always has throwbacks to everything. I'm hoping to maybe catch that in Indianapolis because I was just at the uh, the key landmark or whatever. I saw the Eraserhead Midnight showing. Oh, yeah. How was, how was that? Were people... Uh, I was afraid that people would just be too... Either too serious with it or just like... Oh, it was, it was did great. Did they have fun? I, I saw it on the, um, the Saturday night showing. I brought the same friend I brought here tonight. And it was it was a fairly packed house, and um, there was it was fun because there were a couple people who had never seen the movie before, and their their reactions were great. There were there was a little bit of laughter in spots where I wouldn't have laughed, but it was just great seeing that movie on a big screen because I love that movie. Yeah, I would I would I would be afraid to play that if I was a theater, just because it's you never know how people are going to take it because it's kind of uh slow a little bit it's very slow burn you know and i don't know if it's a fun film really yeah like um in the opening scenes like whenever he's walking to the the girlfriend's house and then when they're having dinner there was a lot of laughter during that and it was a little annoying because i like that i like that part of the movie but by the time the last half hour 20 minutes rolled around it was dead quiet in there so I hope I hope it got to him a little bit, but it was a little hard to gauge the response when it first got started. Yeah, um, but yeah, definitely catch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Quentin Tarantino's new film in theaters because it's fun. It's it's fun to see it. it like all of his films are fun to watch in theater. Yeah, it hit me once you said the Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Yeah. 
They kind of have a little bit of the Manson stuff going on, especially at the end. But it's hilarious. It's it's a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of people are saying it's one of his worst. Some are saying it's his best. Really? I don't know. But really, the worst Quentin Tarantino film is still pretty good. Yeah, like most people say that's Death Proof, but I really enjoyed Death Proof. We, we actually were talking about Death Proof earlier on the show. It's one of my favorite movies of his. Yeah, it's it's super underrated. Like even just like hearing the characters just talk at the bar with like all that good music in the background, I I find it really entertaining. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I I, I had said that it's more like Grindhouse, whereas Death, whereas uh, Planet Terror was more like trying to be Grindhouse, but like oh just went over the top and lost the heart I along the that. way. But I uh, I still enjoyed it though. Death Proof, or Planet Terror. Planet Terror. Terror. Yeah. yeah. Personally, Planet Terror is my favorite of the two. Like, I could watch Grindhouse all day, but Planet Terror, I, I prefer just a little bit more. But I see what you're saying with the styles, for sure. Yeah. I mean, to Quentin Tarantino got it. R- Roger Rodriguez, I don't think, did. Or Robert Rodriguez. I don't think he got it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna edit this so you can say whatever on there. All right, Jill. I'll see you later. <coughs> here comes Curtis. We'll see what he says. Say, do you want me to get out of here? No, you're good. Okay. I'm gonna see what Curtis says here. Thanks for letting me come on, by the way. I appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Um, thanks for coming on. Some people are like kind of shy about. No, I I love this stuff. I used to have a little podcast with a buddy in high school. Oh, nice. What what Don say? Hey, if you come if you come here for the Sammy Terry show, for the love of God, don't ask him where how he met George. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to be a dick, just be like, hey, how'd you meet George? Say, how long does that take? It's about a good twenty minute story. <laughs> All for You'll one. Miss the first half of the first movie. But Don said no, you wouldn't come on. No, I couldn't find him. Oh, you couldn't find him. Yeah. I thought I saw Harrison Taj. We'll stop for now. Okay. Inside this strange, forbidding plantation, on the edge of the death-laden bios, there is a horror beyond belief. A scientist turns his cobalt rays on the revolting scaly monarchs of the swamps to transform men into hideous living gargoyles whose faces must be forever hidden from human sight. He didn't have to hit him. Quick and simplest way, Doctor. But these are people. You don't handle them like animals. Beverly Garland as the unwelcome visitor, haunted by the fear that the man she loves has become one of them. What are you doing? I'm not leaving here, Mrs. Hawthorne, until I get the answers to the questions that brought me here. What have you done with my husband? Lon Chaney has the hook-armed, hate-maddened Cajun. I'll kill you, alligator man! Just like I'd kill any four-legged gator! Suspense that will clutch you like quicksand. <coughs> pulling you down into bottomless depths of suffocating horror. Ha <laughs> ha!
sing, my heart makes us glad that we're living today. Each time I feel like romancing, my heart always goes tick-a-tee, tick-a-tay. Round and around while we're dancing, my heart makes us glad that we're living today. Each time I feel like romancing, my heart always goes tick-a-tee, tick-a-tay. All right, so we're back. We got Harrison with us now, hey. thankfully. And uh, I want to talk about the man who killed Hitler and then Bigfoot. Um, Sam Elliott's in it. That's really about Well, there was that other guy. I don't know his name, but Sam Elliott's brother in it, the barber. Oh, You yeah. know, you would yeah. think he was like a big name. I didn't recognize really? anything. What did you guys... I recognized him from uh, the principal in... Uh, Josh Kurt or no the uh, um, what was that what was that Max movie Keeble's Max Keeble's big move, big move. he was yeah. the principal on that yeah but, I he's he has to be in other stuff too I I recognize his face but yeah he's playing I mean, a serious minor roles I would say yeah but so what's your guys first impression of the movie um it's kind of uh kind of. I don't know. It's not really what you'd expect to it to be. Are we gonna talk about spoilers or? Yeah, I don't care. I, yeah, I I don't think anybody gives a crap. <laughs> the movie's okay. already spoiled. I mean, it's not good. So I took some notes. Uh, it's 43 minutes of building Sam Elliott's character up. I timed it to that. It's really? 43 yeah. minutes of flashbacks and Sam Elliott walking through town. He sees his reflection in the mirror, and it's all foggy. And he suddenly gets put back into World War II. He's just like... Yeah. He looks at me. I mean, what's it like when he goes to order a, a cheeseburger? Does he go back in a... <laughs> I know. You know well, he saw that shoe, too, even. He saw the shoe and was like... <laughs> flashback. Yeah. Just get a... It's drawn out. It's way too drawn out. And also, uh, before before you go on, uh, the the actor they got to play his younger version sucked. Yeah. That's was not... You don't see him growing into Sam Elliott. No. He's just like a weak... A young, yeah. weak... He's just a weak character. Yeah. Okay, so the other thing I noticed, too, in the scene where Sam Elliott beats the shit out of those three muggers, it kind of... He drives off, but then it kind of cuts to its daylight. And then the, the guy's delivering the papers, the little paper boy. And it starts playing this weird, upbeat music. It's stock... It just doesn't fit. It's stock music, but it's just like... Doo, 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 doo. You know, it's yeah. It doesn't make any sense. I, I think I remember that doing that too. Yeah. Another thing about that fight scene is, uh, I, I kind of liked how sloppy it was. I did like that. It was oh. like a sloppy fight. Yeah, I know. It wasn't like it was. He wasn't a complete badass. He was like in his ass kick kind of. Yeah. And and when he started fighting back, you could tell he's an old man. Cause he's just oh like, yeah, I, know, I noticed that too. Yeah, yeah. he's a little, uh, he's a little slow on the on the fight scenes. The Mexican Canadian guy with the mustache. That was kind of laughable. Whenever the government shows oh, up. Oh, yeah, the investigator guy. Yeah, and they got, like, a French-Canadian guy, and he's got a mustache, a porn yeah. stash, and he's Mexican or Hispanic. Yeah. That's kind of weird. Hmm. He's yeah. got a French accent. This was yeah. kind of weird. That's kind of like, uh, what's his name? Uh, that uh, guy that directed Conjuring and all those movies? Yeah. He's, like, an Asian-Australian dude. 
Okay, so this is one of my biggest complaints too. He finally accepts killing the Bigfoot. And then he says, all right, we're going to do this or whatever. And he's standing outside the quarantine zone. It cuts, and then the next thing you see is him shooting Bigfoot. He just nicks Bigfoot in the shoulder or something. It just yeah. cuts. Yeah. You don't really see him going in. You just, right? Yeah. It's just like suddenly, I'm going to fight Bigfoot. Oh, there he is. All right, I shot him. Well, then there's that part where he like cuts his throat, right? Or something like that. And they, yeah. I he mean, like bleeds all over afterwards. him. Yeah. yeah. So there's well, a the fight, Bigfoot but looked like garbage. That was my next point. It, didn't, it wasn't even a Bigfoot. He was actually smaller than Sam Elliott. Yeah. He looked like a zombie. Yeah, he was like a zombie monkey type thing. Yeah. Really skinny. Really skinny, not tall. I mean, I've never seen Bigfoot, so I don't know what he looks like, but... Yeah. It's just I, I hope it wasn't like that. I mean, That's what's not... The, what's yeah. all the fuss about? If you're going to use... Like, uh, it's like... It's like if it, the movie's called He Killed Godzilla, but it was really Minya. Yeah. If you're going to use the Bigfoot name, make it look like Bigfoot. Yeah. Okay, so the next point, too. Sam Sam Elliott gets his arm snapped in half. He returns home with his arm in a sling. He takes off the sling and starts digging his, uh, because he faked his death. Yeah. He just takes it off and he starts digging his grave. Like, like, because the plot says so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my arm's better. I don't need the sling. Get that off. Pick up a shovel and start digging. Yeah. Yeah. Minor minor gripe, but I mean still. something like that. <coughs> you know. Well, the the thing is, this movie is trying to be so serious and yeah. full of itself, and so the production value was so high. So yeah, you can make fun of it, something like that. Now, if it was like redneck zombies, no. That that's a good point because it tries to be something kind of deep, especially with his wife. Yeah. But they've got so many inconsistencies that it just looks sloppy. It looks like they, oops, well, we we uh, rode ourselves into a corner, so let's just have him take a sling off and start digging a grave. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, it took itself too seriously. Way too seriously. Uh, For the title. you got When you got a title like that, dude. You, you got to use it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you wanted to make it like, you know, flashbacks or something like that yeah you want to call it something like that title i don't know what you'd call it but that title sounds like an exploitation title yeah right and then you right. watch it and it's just crap yeah. that's what i'm talking about these people try to imitate the exploitation era like the 70s like grindhouse era and they miss the point entirely they do something that's just like too over the top or just stupid they miss they miss that exploitation film wasn't just some stupid one scene thing. It was like this yeah. story that was given time and there's a lot of love behind it and And then a left turn. Yeah. So it's like people just think, Oh, you just throw boobs and flash a bunch of colors on there and have gore and all that and you're, and you're good. Yeah, put put a scratch filter on there and that's all yeah. it is to it. No. Nobody nobody's really been able to imitate it. Modernly, except S. Craig Zoller, I thought did, and Quentin Tarantino came. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really get. Did you guys really understand what the deal was with Hitler? Because they said that they killed him, but like, it was just a costume or something like yeah. that. Like people went on to wear the mustache. And See, that's yeah. when they started going in really deep. They're like, I just killed a man. I didn't stop anything from happening. Yeah. Because like, they kept fighting. What? 
Yeah, I, was uh, I thought the whole movie was just dumb, but not in a good way, of course. The other thing I wanted to mention, too, was uh, that stupid scene where Sam Elliott's getting a shave. Yes. And it's really dragged out, and it's just nonsensical. It's just, yes. this, the shave is life or death. If I cut you, you will, uh, you'll, you'll succeed. But if I don't cut you, you will fail, or something stupid like that. You know, yeah, it's the gypsy. I almost wonder if that was a reference to uh, Cat of Nine Tails, where they do the shave scene. You know what I'm talking about? No. He's getting this long shave scene, and you you think that the barber might be the killer, and so it's really tense scene, and it's just a guy getting shaved with oh, yeah. a straight razor. But you're like sitting there, like real tense. I think they were trying to do something like that. Didn't work. But no, not at all. See, I thought they were gonna. I thought they were gonna stop at the mustache and like. That was going to be his origin. Ass mustache. But then they just went on shaving, and I was like, oh no. Yeah, that part was so stupid. But it did remind me of Cat of Nine Tails. Just poorly executed. Yeah, I, thought it was, just, I thought it was bad. Yeah. Now, when I watch Cat of Nine Tails, I'll really like it. Yeah. Like, oh, you'll it. appreciate it. Yeah. All right, so the other thing, too, uh, Sam Elliott. He fakes his own death. Oh, and I wanted to mention too that the Bigfoot—they kill the, they want to kill the Bigfoot because he carries a disease or something. But Sam Elliott fakes his own death, and they even have a scene where his brother's in the barber shop, and the guy says, "Oh, he just went on vacation. He didn't show. He didn't come back." And they even show the little funeral, and then oh, there's Sam Elliott. But he goes back to his house and he just pretends like nothing happened. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't understand that either. Because then afterwards they show him at at the the kids' play. He's at with his brother. I guess that happens a lot in that town. Dead people coming back to life. (laughs) Stupid crap like that. Yeah. So I don't think we're very impressed with. No. I mean, concept-wise, you know, A plus, but execution-wise. Title. The only thing really had going for it was title. Yeah, title. Title really makes you want to watch it. Now, uh, if you're listening to this, you might like it. I guess watch it. It's on Hulu, so you don't have to really waste money. Or you can get it from Redbox. It's pretty mass-produced. It's pretty easy to find, but we didn't like it. But I guess a lot of critics liked it. We talked about how it's got a 75% on Rotten Tomatoes from the critics. Wow. Yeah. Audience score, I think, was 50 or 52%, which is still a little too high, in my opinion. But, yeah. The Jagged Across, Across Concrete had a 75%. So. Yeah, totally different. Hey, there's Don. I wonder if we can... Don! What's up? Do you want to come on? Do you want to talk for a little bit? It's not live. He can, he can edit anything out. You want to use my mic? So we got Don. I'll probably just get up and he can just take the legendary Don. We talk about him on the show all the time. Try try to try smell him. See see if he smells like vinegar. I'll just go. We have this theory that he he smells smells a little bit like vinegar because he's he's around Prince so much. Oh, because he's got he's got the vinegar syndrome. (laughs) He's got he's a walking (laughs) case of vinegar (laughs) syndrome. Did you tell him that story? No. Okay. I'll have to tell him after. Yeah. I don't want to tell it twice on here. Yeah, especially if Don come up. I guess I can just edit it. 
All right, we got Don on the show, a legend. He's looking at, cool. he's looking over the Duke Mitchell collection. Those are in there really tight. It's kind of annoying. All right, Don, what movie are you looking most forward to tonight? I like all of them, but if I had to pick just one, it'd probably be Frankenstein Must Be Destroyed. Okay, that was my. That was my one I'm looking forward to. Actually, uh, Don and I were at uh, Pizza King, and Joe asked, was trying to ask us which Frank, which Hammer Horror Frankenstein he should choose, and we had sort of an argument, friendly argument, because I think Frankenstein Created Woman's the best one. Don, you're not a, you're not as big of a fan of that one. Well, I'm a big fan of the gal that was in it. She was a Playboy centerfold, and her her centerfold is very memorable. I can still see it right now. Uh, the movie itself left a bit to be desired, although it had its moments. Um, I still like the very first. My personal favorite is The Curse of Frankenstein. It just yeah. has got the most gothic feel and one of the scariest scenes yet. Yeah, but... As far as the sequels, which would you say Frankenstein must be destroyed? Your favorite? Yeah. See, I think uh, Created Woman ha- is the most atmospheric. Like it takes you somewhere, you know. Um, and I like those jerks that come in and cause a bunch of trouble at the. It's kind of like a bar, I guess. But yeah, one of the reasons Frankenstein must be destroyed is playing is because of Don. I think you talked Joe into playing it. While we were at Pizza yeah. King. Yeah, because he was kind of on the fence. Which one to play? Apparently. I think so. I think you were there. I think I do remember. Yeah. The, um, I think I suggested, but he's al- apparently he's already screened The Curse of Frankenstein, so he didn't want to do yeah. that one again. Yeah. Now, of course, you've got that T-shirt on again there, and that's reminding me of one that <laughs> be sure to forward your disc. If I don't do it first, forward your disc on to him so he can see this cinematic masterpiece. Yeah, Joe needs to watch it. You've seen it, Curtis, right? Which one? Uh, Crazy Fat Ethel. No, I've seen Death Nurse, though, which has the same. It has a lot of clips from Crazy Fat okay. Ethel. Okay. Death Nurse 1 and 2. When did you first watch Crazy Fat Ethel? Did you actually get to see it during its run? No. No, I. Uh, this is back during the VHS days. Uh, of course, it was known as criminally insane. Uh, she was the character. Yeah. And uh, it looked interesting. And until I saw it, I didn't realize just how strong a film it is. Another one of those shot on a shoestring. Yeah. But packs a wallop like few others. I just love when she's got her decomposing uh, mom upstairs and she just walks in and this body's there i mean the smell of it must be terrible and she walks up and she goes "Ooh, mom you stink and she puts one of those like glade scented <laughs> like those gel things in there and then just walks away sprays a little bit in uh death nurse she kind of does something like that she's a, she's a nurse at this at this uh old folks home and this old lady keeps coming downstairs and bugging her and crazy fat Ethel, she or whoever the actress is, she uh, she keeps telling her, "Go back upstairs, you stupid old bitch." And then she <laughs> says, "You're not the boss of me." And she, it just replays the same clip. Go back to bed, you stupid old bitch. 
Yeah, there's a part where her sister shows up. Her like younger si- her her sister's like really thin, but she's kind of like a drug addict kind of, right? Or something something's wrong with her. But she she shows up and the two don't get along at all. So they're like, "You bitch." She's like she's like eventually she starts to wonder where mom is, you know. But yeah, the the I love how like the grocery boy shows up and she he's like, "Hey, you got an outstanding balance." I can't serve you this, so he, she just kills him. And that's where the tagline really comes in, where it's like, don't, be com- don't come between Ethel and a refer- well, well-stocked refrigerator, because <laughs> she'll kill you. She, she killed her own mom just because her mom wouldn't let her in the fridge. <laughs> she had ju- Ethel just came back from the National Anthem's plan, so. But the uh, crazy fat Ethel just came back from the uh, insane asylum, and she's big. And they're trying to say, hey, she really needs to watch it on the food. And as soon as she gets home, she's she's raiding that fridge, raiding the cabinet, you know. It's very, like, st- stereotypical fat person, you know. And it doesn't care. Because back then, they didn't care about offending people and all that stuff. So, it's pretty good. I pledge allegiance to the trip with the teacher. Trip with the teacher. <laughs> Don was stumped on that for a second. We stumped we stumped Don on that for a second when I first asked him. He he eventually got it, of course, but at first I think what did you say it was at first? I forget. You thought it was something. Oh, I don't remember now. <laughs> so Don, we got to know what. You, you got this new score recently with some 35 millimeter prints, 16 millimeter well, prints. It's all 16 stuff. Oh, they're all 16. What What do you got? What have you? Have, what's What's like the cream of the crop? Well, I don't I don't know yet because I've only gone through a small portion of it, but I've got. Um, this is going to screen at the Cinema Wasteland here in October. Humanoids from the Deep. This is a gorgeous oh, color print, and it is a theatrical version, so you get to see all the nudity. And uh, who knows? That might screen out here one of these years. Yeah. That. Yeah, and you found a Horror Hotel, right? You said. Yeah. So another I've already, copy. I already had one of those, but now there's another one. So. And there's a great old 50s rock and roll movie. I believe it's from 1957 called Jamboree. Fantastic rock and roll film if you like old rock and roll. Yeah. So, what would you say is your most prized print that you have? It's awful rough. I can tell you what the most coveted one is because I got three different video companies breathing down my neck and I, somebody's been burning up my phone here within the past 10 days t- trying to screen this at a festival that he does. It's called the Manson Massacre, also known as uh, <clears throat> Girls in Bondage, also known as Together Girls. And... Um, seemingly a lost film all that surfaced to date has been a german print that's been dubbed into german and somebody took that and put english subtitles on it <laughs> yeah because with that's 
that not only is it lost film, but it has something to do with Manson yeah. stuff. So people, yeah. What companies are after that? Or do well, you dare I, not say? I'd, I'd rather not say at this time. It's, it's pretty you funny. You can guess, I guess. It, it's pretty funny. What's, one of them actually tried to strong arm it, claiming they owned the rights to it, which is pure BS. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a 35 of Dawn of the Dead? No, sorry okay. to say. Do you know, okay. Do you, know, do you know anybody with a Dawn of the Dead 35? Possibly. I'd have to look through. I got some lists for some... Uh, some people's stuff, but uh, well, possibly. don't name any names because Richard Rubenstein's going to come up and try to get it. <laughs> Joe or Don might actually have Don of the Dead on thirty-five million. He just doesn't want to say so because yeah. Richard Rubenstein's going to come. <laughs> well, that's actually kind of why I was asking him because I'm a double agent for Richard Rubenstein. <laughs> What's his name and address, Don? <laughs> Richard wants to know. <laughs> have you heard about that bullshit? Not yet. Uh, is this is this something like that going on? Or it's been going on for a while. Richard Rubenstein is getting collecting up every copy, thirty-five millimeter print of Dawn of the Dead. Really? Yeah, he's trying to he's trying to really take control of really? it completely. Well, yeah. he owns the rights to it. Um, I did. I know somebody here recently that sold a sixteen print of it. This has been within the past six months. It brought way more than I thought it would. And How much did it bring? Eleven hundred and some change. Jesus, eleven hundred dollars for a sixty millimeter print. It must have been in pretty good condition, at least. Uh, according to him, it had nice <laughs> color and was in good shape. That's sort of my treasure. Would I'd love to see that at the drive-in, but not. I don't want to see a Blu-ray. Or, I want to see a print. Well, we haven't seen many prints out here lately because the it seems like the drive insanity is kind of a. Well, it's kind of dried up here as of late. We had some issues last year with the equipment. I don't know if you yeah, remember all there. that. Yeah. Uh, and this year, there's been some issues with everything else. So, uh, uh, hopefully, we'll we'll get to do that again. Hopefully, a few times before the season's over with. That's I, I miss it myself. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of our, one of our favorite things. Well, we got Dawn here. What questions? We got I I got like a million questions. I can't think of any right now. What's the best score? Well, here's Joe. Here we go. Let's get a team up, Joe. Do you got a second? Sure. We're learning some cool stuff from Dawn. Good evening. We got Joe Godden, owner of the Skyline Drive-In, with us. And, of course, Don. And Don. We, who, well, we've already introduced Don. Trust oh, okay. okay we've, we've had He's been talking on the show for a while. <laughs> but we've been trying to, we're like, I've, I've been wanting to actually sit him down and ask him all these questions, but I can't think of anything. What, what do you got? What do you got a question for Don? For, I got do a, I have a question for Don? Yeah. What do you got? Or what? Do, what's a cool story that you could have him start going on now? A cool story about Don, or a cool story that Don has told me? <laughs> well, have Don tell his cool story. What's his cool story? <laughs> um, Can I tell you about one of my favorite things that happened out here? I'll try to condense it. About the, I'm talking about the, when we showed American Werewolf in London, and, and Vinny scared that gal. You know the details on that one. You want to tell it? 
Yeah, go ahead. Do, do you guys know this story? Uh, I, I was there. I was there when you showed really? American Werewolf in London. Do you, what, you want to no, go, go ahead? Yo, you, go ahead. Well, Vinny was running around with a werewolf mask. It was long snout as uh, the style of werewolf in American Werewolf in London. Mm-hmm. And he was, he was doing a good job of scaring people because he would just kind of sneak into their peripheral vision. And then when they looked, oh, you know, rather than jump out at him, it was actually a better scare, I think. Yeah. Anyway, it was a couple in from, were they from St. Louis or somewhere thereabouts? Yeah, somewhere thereabouts. They'd yeah. heard about the, the festivities over here. So they came out for the show. And they had been living together, a young couple, for about three years. And just prior to the werewolf appearing... He pops the question, and right at that time, the werewolf appears. She doesn't say yes or no. She says, ah! <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. We had a lot of fun out here last That's pretty good. 10 years, or but, almost 10 years. But later, the, this gal cornered Vinny and told him what had happened, and when Joe got the details, hey, uh, congratulations to whoever they yeah. were. Whether it's a, come on up for a free pop and popcorn. Yeah. And congratulations on your uh, engagement. That was good. <laughs> that's yeah. what, so that's she said model. yes eventually. Uh, that's a good then, one. Huh? That's a good one. It would have been good if he saved like she didn't know what to say she was like i don't want to be with this guy but then he comes up and scares her and that's like a good excuse to just be like forget it ever happened well yeah. we, i was at a i was at the franklin theater when they did the um they did a phantom of the opera with a live uh, orchestra uh-huh and uh this guy comes up he's got this girl that's way out of his league right and he comes up on stage and he's doing all this stuff and he's like uh, you know, like whatever her name was, could you come up on stage? And she comes up, and he pops the question, and she just—it's so cringy because she doesn't say yes, but she doesn't say no. But you can tell it's a no. And they leave the stage, and like all these older people are like, "Congratulations, you do!" And it's like, and the lady's like, "Oh my god!" But the guy—the guy did not know. He, she was way out of his. I don't wow. know what he thought. <laughs> Because she was not interested. I think they were just like friends or something. But yeah, yeah. I think, uh, well, we started doing Drive Insanity. Uh, we were just discussing that. Seven, let's see, seven years? It's been that long. When, when did this show start? I was trying to do the math on that. This is the eighth year for okay, this. Okay, I guessed it right then, yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is eight, year eight. So it had to have been, gosh, was it even, I'd have to go back and look, but I want to say, I, I wanted to say Drive Insanity has been going, was going about the same time. This this happened first, I think. Yeah, this happened first, but, but right after. But it wasn't too long maybe after. Maybe a year, after, we year later or something. So, but, you know, Monster Fest has evolved because, well, because sometimes things have to evolve, right, to grow or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But, the, you know, our first couple of years, I mean, we were showing, we were showing, you know, uh, we, weren't sh- we weren't really showing any big movies. It was all pretty much B movies or even Z movies in some cases. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's gradually evolved. To, you know, we're still showing, you know, we still want to show those fun B movies, but, you know, you throw in a couple of the biggies, you know, and that attracts more people. 
Yeah. And, and normally yeah. when they come, they end up enjoying the the schlocky stuff too, you know. <laughs> yeah. But it gets them in the door, you know, with you know showing like a <laughs> you know a big a big movie. So, but I I want to say that this is the eighth year of this, of course. So it's got to be about seven years on Drive Insanity. Uh, <laughs> and what's the what's the fate of Drive Insanity? The fate. Um, you know, I think it's going to end up evolving just like anything else, honestly. But, uh, of course, I got so tied up this year by deciding to make another movie. And you had the big releases <laughs> and, coming uh, up, too. Yeah, and so, so I think, you know, one thing that, you know, of course is not 100% official yet, but will be, is I think once we have the second screen, we'll be able to do a lot more stuff. Yeah, that's true. It's going to give us a lot more leeway to do stuff. When you do 35, are you going to shoot it that way or this way? Well, yeah, isn't that's that going to be hard That's to move? a good question because, you know, I I've actually been tossed around the idea of setting the second projection booth up because it's a shorter throw. It's going to be a 100 foot shorter throw to do 16. Yeah. That that'd be a lot easier. To, uh, make a dedicated, you know, a projection window for it and, and everything because I think that could really work and uh, th- there's probably a lot more at least in Don's collection and probably a lot lot more selection of stuff maybe we haven't shown so from a from a electrical standpoint it'd be very difficult and costly to put in 35 and digital in the new booth plus space so i was thinking well because clearly you know at certain of i mean monster fest will always be on the big screen you know it's yeah. that's not going anywhere <clears throat> but on a normal say a just a a night when we need to play this new big new movie gives us the option of playing digital or 16 on screen too so i think it could be kind of fun we haven't really talked about it that much. And they did a lot it's of. It's been in the back of my head. They did a lot of 16 theatrically back in the day too, so it's not like it's not. Yeah, I mean, it's not like it's not like uh, what would that word be like nostalgic or anything. I mean, like that. yeah, I mean the big. I mean, there were 16 theaters, but the big. I think the big user of 16 ended up being television. So, Which is why there was that. Tel- uh, Don was telling me there was a television cut of that movie we watched. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <clears throat> what was that? Uh, what was that movie called? Invasion of the Star Creatures. Yeah. Yeah. You run into. Yeah. I mean, you know, he knows way more, like tremendously more than I'll ever know about that stuff. But you know, you run into theatrical cuts and you run into television cuts uh, a lot on 16. So. You're not never going to see a television cut on 35, because I don't think they ever used it. That uh, that print of Ben Hur, that 35 print that we screened at the uh, at the Artcraft uh-huh. a few years ago, that was a TV print. Oh, it was. Yeah. There oh, were, wow. There were four facilities in the nation that could actually do 35 for television broadcast. Wow. Interesting. And wh- what's the point of doing that? Because Imaging. doesn't it all just get downgraded anyways? Well, y- yeah. 
But I don't know. See, they were all, all they were all shot in thirty-five, but there were right. also a whole bunch of well, they were finished in thirty-five, and then when they did the duping process, it came off in on sixteen. Right. But I've got I've got thirty-five prints of television shows. I've got one. At least one episode of Have Gun Will Travel. I think I've got two Wanted Dead or Alive's. I got I know I got two of the honeymooners and I got an episode of Bewitched all on thirty five. Wow. All black and white. <laughs> That's gotta be pretty cool. I'd like to screen one of them out here just for laughs one time. Huh. Interesting. We had uh, Katie on the show We're, and she was talking about her role. Oh, and yeah. Dennis uh-huh. and Henry. Yeah. <laughs> She's a sweetheart. I told them you guys really liked her performance. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, uh, you know, speaking of, 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 uh, 16, you know, we've shown 16 on this big screen before. More than one. Oh, really? What movies? Oh, there's been a handful of them. Hold That Ghost? Yep. Death Race 2000? Yep. That was 16. That was at the Pandemonium show. Yeah. Was it Mad Mo- was Mad Monster Party 35? Yeah. That was 35, yeah. There was more than that. But th- yeah, I remember those two. And, you Mad know, Monster so- Party really got its popularity, I imagine, in television, right? Yeah, I I I, kinda, I kinda think like, so. Kind of like uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer or something like that. Like yeah, that. I think so. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't made for television, but uh, I think it's Canadian, right? I think that that movie was out Something of Canada. Something makes me want to say, yeah, yeah. that Rankin but, Bass was the people that. Did yeah, that. so we we have shown sixteen here. We were before. talking about Rankin Bass. Uh, of course, Night of the Living Dead. Okay, that that's been shown here uh, in sixteen. So sixteen's a lot of fun, you know. I mean, not taking anything away from thirty-five, but it is a lot of fun show 16 stuff it's easier well it is easier i guess but you know so anyway my thought is is we by if we think about doing that you know with a shorter throw more light's going to get get to the screen i mean you're talking about 30 percent uh shorter distance so it might be the ideal way to show you know, 16 out out here. So, but, but yeah, no, as far as driving sanity goes, yeah, you know, it'll be back, you know. Okay. We'll get people clamoring for it. <laughs> it's like the McRib, right? When they take it away and then when they bring it back, everybody's, wait, wait where's the McRib? I need a McRib. <laughs> that and the... <laughs> But it is, yeah. <laughs> Classic Coke when they talk about changing the recipe on Coke. Remember that one? Yeah, new Coke. Yeah, but not yet. Let's hear it. Right. Well, a study was done later when people started 
because it had more fizz toward the end of the bottle, huh? Yeah. But by that time, it was too late. <laughs> they had already, they'd already screwed the pooch with new Coke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the uh, but yeah. So you know, driving Sam will be back. I just, I, I got some, I got a lot of stuff going on. You know, Charlie's doing the the sound for the movie we're making. So and different stuff, but. In the meantime, we got pandemonium. Do you want to announce Camp Skyline? You what? Do you want to announce Camp Skyline? Oh, Camp, yeah, Camp Skyline, right? Which is the like, you know, last year was a lot of fun, Camp Skyline, and then this year I was like, well, let's take the, let's move it around a bit, you know. So we moved it a month, about a month earlier, to coincide with it Chapter Two, which will be a big movie, and it, my hopes are that the mass, the general audience that will come see it will be like, hey, wait a minute, what is this? Because most theaters are going to be playing, uh, you know, two new movies, Mm -hmm. right? But here we're playing It, Chapter 2, and two classic slashers. Speaking of which, did you see what Tyler's showing this weekend? This weekend? He's got three movies. Oh, yeah, three movies, yeah. I, I did see that. I can't, uh, I can't even remember what three they are, to be honest. Uh, scary, 47 Meters is scary one Scary Tales, 47 Meters, and Crawl. That's right. But Did you say the movies? That's the idea. Huh? Did you say the movies? I did not. Is that something you want to know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, are Camp Skyline. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Camp Skyline uh, It will be It Chapter 2, Friday the 13th Part 3. Oh man! That's, and, what a great choice. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, the burning. So, and a surprise fourth movie. Yeah, Joe asked me what. <laughs> Joe asked the group of us what Friday the Thirteenth movie should we show, and of course, I'm going to say Part Five always. Even, I, if you, <laughs> even if you show it every I, I every sh- year. And I was like, dude, we just showed that last year. <laughs> On real film. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, yeah, that, I forgot about. Yeah. Oh, that will unda- undoubtedly be back. Yeah. Is that that's that movie's just. But part five is the greatest one. It's the it's it, the, it's just the it's yeah the biggest got it body count doesn't it? Yeah, it's the sleaziest. It's the sleaziest of the whole series. They do oh, cocaine, God. and it's not a teenager doing cocaine. It's like some balding dude. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and he actually is doing cocaine. You know, he's doing <laughs> you can it. tell it's real. Yeah. <laughs> It's like uh, Easy Rider. Yeah. They're doing cocaine. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it'll be, you know, yeah. it'll be, it, it'll, it's going to be a lot of fun. Aren't you going to ask him about that fourth feature? Is there a fourth feature? Surprise. There will be a fourth feature, yeah. A surprise feature. It's, well, it, surprise, he's not going to say it. I'm not going to say anything. What if I edit it out? It, 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 it's... It, it, well, it won't be a surprise if he does. Yeah, but I just I, wanted not, to see I, you get I, it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say what it is. I, I know what it is, but I'm not gonna say what it is. Do I know what it's, it is? Yeah, it, it, it's a new movie. All right, I, I, it's a new movie. I stopped recording. So, I stopped recording. What is it? No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new. It, it, it's a newish movie. So, but, uh, but you know, that'll make it a dusk till dawn event, which we like. So, and then you're wanting Tater Sack Jason to make an appearance. Yeah, tater, yeah, tater Sack Jason will be here. Freddie will be here. 
Jason, Michael Myers. Um, so, yeah, the whole cast of characters and maybe a couple other surprise ones. <laughs> All right. So it'll, it'll be a good time. So that's September yeah, 6th and 7th. So. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's really kind of coming up, yeah. yeah. And then we got Pandemonium next week. Yeah, Pandemonium's on uh, Wednesday. Yep. I have to get prepped for that. I'm not even prepped for that yet. <laughs> I spent all week on Monster Fest. Well, this if you week need help, let me know. Doing stuff, so I don't know if we'll have. Uh, unfortunately, I don't know if we'll have a giveaway or a raffle. Because uh-huh. like we've been trying to get stuff, but I can't get a hold of anybody to give us some stuff to raffle off. Which sucks because we had such an awesome raffle. The first I could time. Probably, we could probably come up with some. I mean, it's not going to be directly related to the movies, but we could probably come up. I could probably come up with a handful of interesting things that would interest people who are coming to see those movies. I'll have yeah. to go through my my stuff. Let's see. Oh, I watched the Italian zombie movie. By the way. Oh, did you? I loved it. Yeah, I, I messaged him. Did In you? fact, I don't know what we're going to do because I'm going to want to have a copy of it. Oh, yeah, get a copy of it? So. Uh, let me check. I may know where there's another copy of it. Okay. I'm, I may know where there's one. And don't forget to make sure that he gets to see Criminally Insane because I think that'll be on the short Here, list when he does. Here's the thing, though. I've heard Joe doesn't return the stuff back. What? <laughs> I don't want when you borrow stuff, uh-huh. do you watch it as uh-huh. soon as you can? Uh, yeah. Okay. Why? I just didn't know. Who'd you hear? Who, who, I'm who, not going to name Who you been names. talking to? You've I'm been talking to names. Curtis? I'm not going to name his names, but cop killers might <laughs> do something. I watched it like a week after I got it, and then it got stuff. It got more stuff stacked on top of it, more mm-hmm. DVDs. Mm-hmm. And, and then I moved all the stuff, so it went into boxes. And then got unpacked, and then I was like, "I don't think this is mine." <laughs> yeah, see, so <laughs> and it was like I don't know, it was like a year, a year and a half, or something. It was a while. How about how about this? Why don't the three of us just get together one night and watch it? Watch what are we watching? Crazy Fat Apple. Oh yeah, sure. I'd like to see I, Don's reaction. I got to see it. Oh, well, I, I, pro- I saw it before you did. How much does it He's cost you? It. How much does it cost you to run? Uh. A film out here. Well, that's a broad question. Well, like let's say like a like a like a non. Let's say you just wanted to watch a movie, just with a voice. Yeah, like uh, just like it's a Tuesday. It's after work. Just popping a movie in. Oh, not open to the public. Right. Like a private screening. Right. Does it cost you a lot to just run all that stuff? I mean, you don't have to turn on the number. The number I uh, to to run the booth which is primarily the lamp, right? Mm-hmm. I always allow $10 an hour. So if I it, and that's the, you know, electricity. So if I paid you, uh-huh. could we play Crazy Fat Ethel just well, sure. just yeah, the boys? We can watch it here. So who, like who, f- who all would you who would it be open to? Just Anybody who actually knows what it is. <laughs> we should do that. What do if you they think? know what it is. What do you think, Doc? You don't they have should it, be dude. allowed to come see it. I got it on a disc. Okay. I don't think it's on a Blu-ray, though, is it? You want to do that? It'd be yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, let's do it. I'll, I mean, if it's going to be like, what, 30, to bu- 30 bucks? 
Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I, I I'll take that. Concerned about it. I'm not that concerned about it. But on that note, though, Curtis, I, I need to go do a check. So we I'm just gonna, got to. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm getting ready to bail for a minute. All right, Joe. We'll but see I will you. I'll be I'm back gonna, around. I'll, uh, I'm going to pack up. Oh, okay. We'll be back. Okay. Sounds good. We just got some awesome uh, news right here. Uh, Joe, we talked Joe into doing a private screening here of Crazy Fat Ethel. Criminally insane. Not, Criminally insane. Not to be confused with Crazy, crazy Fat Ethel 2. Is it, uh, is it, what's the difference? Is it just... Well, the second movie was shot on video, and it just, I could have done better without a script, without any ideas, without anything. I swear I could have. Yeah. It was so sad. Because the first movie is so so strong, you know, it's got that what I call a gutter feeling, like basket case. Yeah. Shot on 16 in real trashy areas in, in the city with real trashy people in it, and it's the same thing. It is gutter, you know, it's just real, real low level stuff, and it succeeds. But, all right, Don. Well, thanks for coming on. All right. Thank you. It's been fun. And uh, enjoy the movies. I'm sure I'll see you throughout the night. I said I'll see you throughout the night, I'm sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, flip side, uh, we're going to get off here for the night. I'm going to pack up. And it uh, looks like they're turning out all the lights on us. So I hope you enjoyed this. So thanks for listening. That's the thing that keeps me healthy. When I'm working, I'm healthy. Right. People don't believe uh, 
uh, I'm as old as I am. Uh, only because it just uh, the whole thing just keeps me energized and young and healthy and moving forward all the time. You, know, you got to take care of yourself.